What is up? This is a major motion podcast, episode 16. We are back after a brief hiatus. Uh, it feels good to be back. That's all I can say. This is our Eternals episode. I've been waiting for this one for a long time. Our last episode, we talked about how, uh, you know, it, it was a highly anticipated, or at least I talked about how it was a highly anticipated movie uh, for myself because I, I just needed to see what all the, uh, I guess it's not necessarily hype, but all the buzz uh, was about with this movie. And trust me, there is a lot to dive into uh, this movie sets up a lot it addresses a lot and i can see uh why some of the things were said about this movie but we'll get to that we're not going to jump the gun it's been a while since we've uh episode or since we've had an episode fox how you doing my guy i've missed you yeah i miss you man i've been waiting to get back on the mic and chat it up with you about you know fucking eternals and all the hubbub and everything and everything else, and but especially with the hubbub that's been going on around this this movie, and and excited to, and eager to hear your your thoughts and feelings and your takes and perspective on what you thought about it. But yeah, I'm feeling good, and I know you just came back from California. And since we're talking about a Marvel movie, I need to know um, how how great that Marvel campus was that you that you visited. <laughs> you motherfucker, <laughs> you had to bring that up. Um, <laughs> it's it's timely i i i think i'm allowed free range on my marvel rant uh since it's a marvel review today um avengers campus fucking blows and (laughs) i you guys know me uh well enough at this point this will be our third marvel review and for those that you know know me on twitter or follow me on twitter you, you know how i am with my marvel content like i'm a hardcore defender so me saying it sucks pretty much is a true indictment on that park when you call something a campus i expect it to be maybe not college campus like because there's some massive colleges out there but like dedicate more than one restaurant one ride one kind of experience thing and one food cart (laughs) to to a campus and i'm not kidding that's all there was Damn. Like th- there's, there wasn't even like a store. Uh, th- there's like a, they call it like the Hollywood backlot or something. Um, yeah. And, and uh, that, that place was kind of cool. Cause they had um, these like big, I don't call them action figures, but like these big displays of like, you know, Captain America and Iron Man and Thanos and like all these characters and you could buy them and they're, you know, some of them were like 300. Some of them were like a thousand dollars. So, you know, I was never going to buy them, but yeah. it was cool. But you would think, especially it being at Disneyland of all places, it would have like those shops where it's like, give me a fucking Captain America shirt or, you know, uh, just a, a Marvel hat or like, you know, wait, 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 I mean, there's no gift shop, like not even that. No, 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 no. There, yes. Oh. Gift shops. A perfect okay. way to put it. No, there's not a gift shop. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. What the like, fuck? Th- so the one ride there is is kind of Tower of Terror where you go up and down and up and down or whatever, but it's in the dark. Fun yeah. ride, by the way. Almost puked. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so there's like a tiny Guardians themed gift shop, but it was tiny. Like it, they're, wow. you know, you know, when you get off a roller coaster at like King's Dominion and they have yeah. that kind of gift shop as you come out. That's what it was. It was just that size. You know, maybe like two T-shirts and a couple of <laughs> mugs and your your keychain spinny display thing. Like that's all there was. So there, there wasn't a true gift shop. And like 
listen, I had been saving money where it's like, I was telling my wife, I was like, I'm going to fucking blow money when yeah. we go to Disney and Avengers campus. Like I'm a hardcore Marvel yeah, you, fan. You, you were going to walk out there with an Iron Man mask, a Thanos glove. Yes. And- <laughs> I was going to buy all this shit. Like I, I was literally setting money aside just so I could spend stupidly. And I left yeah. with one Funko pop and an infinity gauntlet mug, which is uh, actually pretty sweet. Um, here, I'll show it to you really quick. Like, Sounds cool. See, it, it is, it is pretty sweet, but it, it's like, it's not what I went for. It's just yeah. like, I literally went in Denzel where it's like, I'm leaving here with something. Yeah. Like, I'm that's, leaving. Like, yeah. That, that That's like, then just campus fucking suck. Uh, but then the one interactive experience is like, you know, those, uh, the, the games where it's like you ride around in a cart, but then you like shoot mm-hmm. stuff on screen. Yeah. Yeah. So they have, I, well, I, what I assumed was that for Spider-Man and they called it web slingers, but it was so in high demand that you had to, um, like register for it beforehand like they had a queue so it's like we got there super early and avengers campus is kind of like in the back left so we just kind of did a circle so by the time we got there like it was i think we got there at like eight by the time we got there was like 10 30 and the first queue had long been filled up in in, um in kind of already in motion so like the next queue was at at noon i was like Mm -hmm. all right well we'll go in the guardians ride maybe um, get something to eat at Pim Technology or whatever. <laughs> um, and I, I'm so like queue opens at noon. I opened the queue at 12.01 because we were on the the Guardians ride. Yeah. Fucking fill 300 plus filled up. Yeah. By the time I, you know, get my slot again, remember it's 12.01 at this one, or we'll say 12.02. A minute has passed. I get my slot 6.30 PM. Damn. And I'm just like, fuck. And then by that point, we had pretty much done most of the park. Like we we saved Avengers Campus for you know kind of towards the end because that's where we we're going to dedicate most of our time and and shit. And I was like, I am not waiting till six thirty p.m. So like <laughs> I, I I didn't even do that. But again, the reason that's so in demand is because that's all there is. That's all, yeah. So it's just like it was incredibly disappointing. And I was like, fuck. Like I, at least I I saved money and I. I you know, blew it at the Chargers game instead. But like, uh, it's just like fuck. Yeah. Like, you're gonna call it Avengers Campus and hype it up, and there, there's not a, much Avengers Avengers Daycare, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, Avengers Daycare. Like, <laughs> there's just there's nothing there. Even the the Pym Technology place. Like, we didn't end up eating there because we ate uh, somewhere else beforehand. But what did uh, they have there? What's that? It, it, so they didn't have a lot. <laughs> they, oh. <laughs> so like, kind of the if you you know saw the tiktoks like when i think it opened the the campus opened in august or or sometime over the summer and like they were hyping up pim tech because like it's actually cool how how they do it so they you know um if you look up at the ceiling like over where you order Mm -hmm. it kind of looks like an assembly line so there's like a a big ass pretzel at least a shadow of one like on a hook (laughs) And they bring yeah. it and then it goes behind like kind of like an x-ray screen and you can oh. see like the zap and then it shrinks kind of like Ant-Man, right? Uh, and yeah. It comes out, uh, you know, hot and fresh and whatnot. And they have some cool drinks and, and cool cut like souvenir cups. But th- that was the TikTok like marketing. So it's like, oh, shit, that's really cool. But then you go in there and that's really all there is. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then, But then there's just like kind of normal food options. It's like, 
Okay. Just burgers and what, hot dog or something? Yeah, it was like hot dogs and like chicken sandwich. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, at least dye the shit red, white, and blue. Call Captain <laughs> America or something. Like, fuck. Not even ants on a log? No. <laughs> oh, damn. Which, yeah, you would think, like, as even as a kid's meal, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the one cool, like, it, it would have been cool if it wasn't the only one of the two only food options. So they had like a shawarma cart. Oh, okay. shawarma is the joke in like the first avengers movie yeah because uh tony stark doesn't know what it is yeah so like they have a, a shawarma cart i was like yo that's pretty funny it was one of the first things i saw it's like yeah that's really funny this place is gonna be awesome and then i i left realizing that the shawarma cart is the only cool thing <laughs> I <was> like, Fuck. <laughs> yeah so. if the shawarma cart is the only cool thing and then that says a lot that's exactly. that's unfortunate like it, it it was cool to be there but if you're like me mm-hmm. and that's really the only reason you go to Disney. So like with Disneyland, it's, you know, your classic Disneyland was like, you know, Cinderella, Cinderella's castle and shit like that. But mm-hmm. then there's the California adventure park, which is where Avengers campus is. And they, that's where the kind of themed shit comes in. So like they had a area of the park dedicated to like cars and inside out and, um, uh, Coco, the Coco area was pretty cool. Um, and shit like that so like uh for me i'm not a big disney fan so i was like oh we can just get tickets to the california adventure park so mm-hmm. then we did that in like you know what ended up being a little over three hours and then we're kind of just like fuck well we you have to buy separate tickets to go into the main park so it was just like maybe poor planning on our part but if you're gonna again if you're gonna hype this shit up as like a must attend place in your park fucking make it better yeah wait is now is this the place that has uh that robotic or human-like spider-man that flips and jumps up and swings so, or whatever yes that is? yes okay. it is but guess what fucking wasn't going that day <laughs> he was filming that day yeah yeah and but and the other thing that really like blew me about the whole time and this isn't even avengers campus specific but we went on october 29th so the friday before halloween and my wife loves halloween loves halloween (laughs) so uh you know i was like oh fuck disneyland on halloween is gonna be fucking awesome like nightmare before christmas and shit like that like it's gonna be awesome they didn't have shit going on for halloween like it's the friday before christmas like like they had this thing called like the oogie boogie bash or whatever which mm-hmm. i haven't seen nightmare before christmas it's a very you know contentious point in my marriage that i haven't seen that movie <laughs> um but like they didn't even have that going on it was literally the thursday and the saturday but of course we were there friday and it wasn't going on like how the fuck are you not doing it on a friday night like i we literally picked friday because it's not as busy as saturday but it's still kind of like part of the the weekend that weekend so yeah i figured shit would be going on and it, so again, maybe poor planning, but it just seems like poor planning on their part too. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck were they doing on Friday then? Yeah, just <laughs> fucking not also, Oogie and boogieing. Not Oogie and boogieing. <laughs> also, was the uh, was the cars uh, section or whatever the fuck you call it was that bigger than the campus? Yes, actually, now okay. that you say it, uh, but that's in large part due to like one of the rides, like, you know, if you go to King's Dominion, you, mm-hmm. can, you can go on those trains and it's not really a ride, but it kind of just like it's like a scenic ride yeah. or whatever. OK, yeah, yeah. They had one of those where it's like you get in a car and it kind of takes you and you kind of 
it, it doesn't take you around the whole park, but it, it's one of those where it's like, it's not like a roller coaster, but it is kind of like a ride where it's just kind of like relaxing and cool and kind of a, a palate cleanser if you're doing a bunch of rides. So okay. it, it's bigger because that that ride or that attraction took up more space, but there was just as much, if not more dedicated to the cars area of the park as there was Avengers. And I, I know I'm biased, but again, Avengers, Marvel, way bigger property to disney than fucking cars so yeah that's true sense i but i I actually want to know this since it's probably before i found out the fact but apparently you know cars is like their cash cow when it comes to actual merch and i was like why is cars so popular and then i found out that they sell so much in, in cars merch it made so much sense why they kept making cars and why it would be bigger than the Avengers campus. So now I want to know how much they make in like Marvel merchandise. But at the same time, there's no fucking way they make more in cars merch than they do in Marvel merch, not just Avengers merch, but like entirely encompassing Marvel. Yeah. There's no fucking way. That's no what I want to know. Cause like they were saying it's a billion dollar merch, uh, merch for a uh, profit for, uh, cars. for cars. And now, yeah. For cars. So it's, <laughs> it's easily 10 billion for Marvel. And that's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. Not I'm like joking. <laughs> I am not joking with all the fucking characters, all the movies, all the future shit coming out like they. So it was Guardians, right, for the the Tower of Terror and then Spider-Man for the um, interactive shit or whatever. They didn't have anything dedicated to Iron Man. They didn't have anything dedicated to Captain America. They actually had like uh, a it wasn't even anything it was just kind of like one of those backdrops where you can kind of take a picture in front of, they had okay. that dedicated to captain Marvel. Like they had the jet that yeah. she flies in that, uh, which is cool. Like if you wanted to get a good picture, like stand in front of that, it, it's a great picture. But yeah. again, it's like, where was the fucking planning in this that, you know, you're not putting your Marvel cash cows front and center, your Iron Man, your Thor, your captain yeah. America, even your Hulk, like, which I guess, and you know, maybe there's, with Hulk in particular universal, maybe there's rights issues there, but like True. you have your cash cows and it's just, who the fuck was the planning in this? Yeah. It definitely sounds like an underwhelming experience. See, you see what you made me do? Like you just got me like all worked up because you had to fucking bring up Avengers. I, need, I needed to, I needed to know. I needed to know just in case you oh. fucking knew. <laughs> Don't play that shit. You knew. I wanted to, I wanted to know exactly the, the details. So I can really know if I should go or not. <laughs> I do think they're going to expand it though, because uh, behind where the Captain Marvel jet was, like, was it, you could tell it was like the end of the park. But if you go further, it, it was just kind of like woods and like open area. So you can tell they're going to expand okay. it. I can but once, that. once again, like, why not start with the big ones? And then you add your Guardians, your Captain Marvel. I can understand wanting to start with Spider Man because Spider Man's probably the most beloved Marvel character. Yeah, but it, they're gonna just, take that sec. They're gonna take that section where all that with all the trees and shit are, and they're gonna make a a, a Thor Dark World Center. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. It was cool that you know one of the two only like kind of tiny gift shop, not even gift shop, like a gift stand they had yeah. was dedicated to Eternal shit. So like even Avengers Campus was like promoting the movie, which yeah. is cool. Um, but I mean, when there's two t-shirts and, you know, <laughs> shit like that, it's just, yeah, whatever. But yeah, that, that was, well, it wasn't California. I did a lot more fun shit in California, yeah. but, uh, 
that that was Avengers Campus. Very, very underwhelming. Not not the best start. Yeah. Thank God you had more to do. <laughs> yeah. Thank God for Venice Beach boardwalks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But like we said earlier, this is our Eternals episode. Uh, we will get into that, but a uh, little bit of not quite housekeeping, but just for the sake of uh, you know terminology, housekeeping. So we talked about this a little bit last episode. This we're still a young podcast, and you know we're trying to figure out what works and where we can improve and whatnot. And we very much want our listeners to be a part of that. What you guys like and don't like, um, we are you know, fans of movies and we love talking about movies and doing this podcast. I don't think either of us realize at least while we're recording just how much we talk about movies. So I know we can go on and on, especially me. Um, so in order to kind of make the episodes a little bit more digestible, we're going to, we're creating a new segment and we're going to call it TNT because I'm a big fan of acronyms. Uh, TNT stands for trailers, news, and trends. And obviously trailers is kind of, you know, encompass our, what was formerly a trailer talk on this show, news, any rumors, castings, uh, outright news, whatever, maybe. And then trends can, it's kind of like our wildcard category. So if there's, you know, beef going on, if Jada did some shit in Hollywood, like, you know, that's kind of be our, uh, you know, opportunity to bring that stuff up. So that way it kind of keeps the, the show more fluid, more linear, and, you know, helps us kind of stay on track so we don't go on too many tangents. So we're just going to try it out and, and see. But basically how it's going to work is every week, Fox and myself will each bring uh, something to the table for our TNT segment. So we'll each bring a trailer, each be bring a, a piece of news, and each bring a, a trend or something we want to talk about. Trends could also be, you know, what TV shows are watching or like if, if there's a Disney Plus series, which we're going to start getting here shortly with uh, the book about Boba Fett coming out. Um, we're just going to see how it goes, but that's going to be kind of the setup of our show going forward. Um, and, and also again, for housekeeping, we're going to shorten our non-spoiler review and kind of keep it more reactionary. So that way, when we get into spoilers, we have the entire movie at our disposal. We don't kind of have to beat around the bush to avoid spoiling stuff, because I do think if you listen to a, a, a review, you've most likely either seen the movie or you don't care that the movie's going to necessarily be spoiled for you if by listening. So we're just going to shorten it and still give the opportunity for those people that do want to hear thoughts without having the movie spoiled, but, you know, uh, kind of keep it moving. So that way we're not repeating ourselves or, you know, dragging on saying the things, saying same things over and over again. So that's how we're going to set up uh, this episode going forward. So let's get into it. TNT, first segment. I'm going to kick it off. My first trailer. Obviously, you know, you guys know me, big Marvel guy. And this is technically Marvel, even though it's from the dog shit Sony franchise. Uh, and that is the Morbius trailer. We kind of got an extended one. This is the second trailer uh, they released. But we get better looks at, you know, Jared Leto, uh, kind of what's going on. Granted, even after the trailer, you don't entirely know you you still know (laughs) like what what the point is like you know what's going on but we don't see necessarily why we care right because 
for someone like Venom, Venom is such a household name because of his relationship with Spider-Man, where it's like Morbius is still a well-known villain, but it's like not even Sinister Six level. Like if it was, a you know, Electro, someone who's a Spider-Man villain, but not necessarily like Green Goblin or the iconic ones. So, but anyways, that, that's just to say, we did get the second trailer. Uh, we get to see Jared Leto as Michael Morbius. Um, you know, this trailer, like it, it was so peak Sony that it almost hurt. <laughs> I, 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 I think if you, you've paid attention to how Sony handles their marketing, you understand what I'm saying. And basically that, that just means like they, they show too much in their way to like, uh, they they think they're on to something with every trailer. It's like, oh, they'll love this. And they put it in there where it's like, yeah, this is cool, but it would have been way better to see it in the movie. Or it's like, right. okay, you, you think you did something here, but you really didn't. That being said, like, I'm obviously going to watch it and it's going to be a part of that Sony verse, which Tom Holland will be a part of as Spider-Man. And rather than bring Venom and uh i assume morbius now into the mcu sony is kind of pulling tom holland into the sony verse to kind of build up their side of things but tom holland still will be involved in the mcu that being said morbius uh biochemist michael morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease but he inadvertently affects himself with a form of vampirism instead um directed by daniel espinosa this will come out in january i mean it's a trailer michael keaton's going to be reprising his role as a vulture in in this you get your boy tyrese in this (laughs) (laughs) um but jared leto has i'm not gonna say weirdly because i think it is earned but he he's in this weird category now uh, of celebs where it's like he's very talented extremely talented but the dude is just so weird that it's hard to get excited for anything he does like the the talent level he has should warrant pure excitement because Mm. dude can literally do anything he's one of the most versatile actors in hollywood and you know i mean that if you if you don't believe me go watch dallas buyers club but like why is he the way he is <laughs> and you kind of get that vibe from morbius it's like he is trying it comes off like he's trying to do something or he thinks he's doing something with this role where it's just like no you're you're a vampire which jared leto does kind of come off like a vampire so it kind does. of does fit yeah that, that's he's real believable but, but like it's the same way where he he definitely thought he was doing something with joker in the suicide squad where it's like, oh, he thought he was onto something when in reality the product was just not enjoyable. And I'm afraid that's going to happen again with Morbius, both due to Jared Leto's past, uh, you know, roles, but also Sony's past with these types of movies. We just reviewed Venom Let There Be Carnage, and that was very underwhelming, in my opinion. I think this doesn't have the benefit of being uh, of having a charming predecessor like Venom Let There Be Carnage did. So this being the origin for Morbius. It it has a lot to prove, and I'm not optimistic about it. But what do you think of the trailer? I thought it was I thought it was pretty solid. You know, I do hate the fact that they have to show 
so much everything. that I think, yeah, so, so much that I think would be very, it would be more uh, exciting to see purely for the first time in the theater. But the fact that, I mean, I guess they wanted to show that they're actually creating a quality look to the character. And I do think that they have some really great visual effects and really they good uh, makeup for his look. I love that look. It looks just like the comic, but just more obviously realistic, so to speak. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're showing, I don't know by them showing all of this stuff means that this is all the good stuff that they have to offer. And I hope not. Um, and I forgot that there's a villain that he's probably going to face in this, who was played by um, Matt something. I don't want to. Oh, uh, I, I had to forget his name. Uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith. Yeah. So, so I'm curious to see how, how uh, his, uh, his, his, how his portrayal of a villain will turn out and if it'll be like something like carnage hopefully it won't be a carnage situation or hopefully that you know we actually get to see a, a battle that's more exciting than what venom and carnage were doing but um i hopefully and i'm hoping hoping that they're they're keeping that closer to the chest and they won't reveal much and if they aren't showing much of the that villain then i'm scared that they don't have much with that villain too so that's the downside that's the thing with sony it's like and the thing I like about Sony's movies, I like their tone. I like kind of what the, the vibe that they're trying to pull, but it's just, it, it doesn't work storytelling wise. So it doesn't, it doesn't add anything great to the overall quality of the movie, like with Venom and Venom 2. So Venom was uh, such a, a great place for them to start with this kind of uh, universe of doing villain movies. Yeah. Uh, because Venom is such, is probably, Venom and Green Goblin are the two most iconic Spider-Man villains. Um, and Venom is kind of like an anti-hero in itself. And the way they did it by truly showing that the Venom symbiote is its own personality is it, just a great job. With Morbius, though, from what I understand, mm-hmm. I, I'm not as, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Caught up or on uh, the lore of Morbius or whatever. But yeah. like you, you can't do what you did with Venom with all the villains because Venom right. is definitely more villain than hero. But you can you can classify him as anti-hero. Like I, I would be okay with that. But Morbius seemingly is a villain. It's like you, yeah. you can't you can't do this with every single villain. Like they are villains for a reason. Like so, I just don't. I understand wanting to have some sort of battle in, in these movies. It's kind of just mm-hmm. like anticlimactic if you don't. Right. But it's just like, it, it's not going to play. And it's like, what's the point of bringing some weak ass villain that we know is going to be defeated. Like Matt Smith's role. Who yeah. the fuck is Loxius crown? L O X I A S Loxit Loxius. Maybe Loxius Loxius crown. Like, I definitely would not. Is that? <laughs> like in, it's just, See, the it's thing I'm hoping for annoying. for this for this character for this character I'm hoping that the end goal just because you know uh, this is where this is just my fantasy world I want Blade and Morbius to interact in the future if that's what they're trying to do then I'm for that but if they have something else in mind and has nothing to do that's you know nothing to do with anything that's not cohesive then I don't know what the fuck they're doing with uh with Morbius because I feel like Morbius and Spider-Man in the same world of course they are in the same world in the comic books but the way that they're introducing this, I don't, I don't know how they can go about it. You know, that makes sense. We will talk about blade. Yeah. I, I won't, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, but that is a great point you bring up because 
whereas Venom was a logical place for Sony to start. Morbius is kind of like a, uh, not quite a head scratcher, but just, it's a curious place to follow up with. Right, exactly. Because I mean, and they always make the they you see the references in the trailers and shit like that. So or the Easter eggs, I should say. So, but I don't feel like they would. I don't feel like the best place for him to go is right into a Spider-Man movie. Agreed. Like we we have to care first. Yeah, exactly. Like we got two Venom movies before he's gonna cross over with Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, is anyone gonna care about? this movie let alone a second movie about morbius before we get into spider-man which is what he would need to kind of build that character i don't know i, I just i don't see it so i agree with you there and yeah he, he's going up this is marvel sony is still marvel it's like why are we doing two vampires because we know we're getting blade we know it's going to be yeah. Herschel yeah. Lee. like we yeah. know we're getting blade so why are they doing morbius not that there can't be two vampires but it's like sony they in a sense, they do have to defer to Marvel because Marvel, yeah. what Marvel does is <laughs> always going to be better than what Sony does. So Sony kind of has to pick their battles and pick their moments. And, you know, this kind of feels like one where they, they might have picked wrong, but we'll see it. The fact that it's a January movie, it doesn't bode well either. Yeah. But Oh, yeah, that's true. When was it supposed to come out originally? Like what, what month was that? I think it's always see. January. Was it always January? Let me see. Because it played off Venom. Uh, it was originally set for July 10th, 2020. Oh, well, I guess I wasn't thinking about the, the the pandemic. Yeah, that's what. It, and then it got pushed back twice. Yeah. And now. So but anyway. even, even still, even still, Marvel's not doing anything in January. Granted, they, they have Spider-Man coming out in December. So maybe that kind of nullifies my argument. January is yeah. just notoriously a dead month in any studio that would put their you know quote unquote a blockbuster movie or one of their blockbuster movies in january not you know either doesn't know what they're doing or they just don't care it's just yeah, interesting and, choice so there's january slowly becoming better but it's still a very interesting choice well february used to be the same way because february yeah. is still oscar season so it's okay. like uh february used to be kind of a, a dead month too but that's gotten a lot better yeah, because um, I think Black Panther came out in February, and obviously yeah. that did numbers. Um, yeah, one. pretty much any black movie came out in February. Bad Boys. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what they're doing. They said Black History Month, drop a black movie. Oh, uh, Judas and the uh, what was it? Judas black and the Messiah. Messiah. Black yeah. Messiah. Yeah. So things yeah. like that. Oh well, I have to say this. I think Jared Leto found the perfect role to sink his teeth into. Had to get that off my chest. <laughs> so annoying. But I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. That was good. That was worth it. Thank you. I couldn't resist. I was, I was thinking it the whole time. I said, I need to say it. Last thing, though, uh, I understand his character has a, a, a full beard and, and a nice beard as that. But a, a vampire with a beard or specifically the mustache is just it's always going to be off putting, even though like logistically it makes sense. It's yeah. always going to be off putting. That's true. Yeah. What trailer did you bring for us? I uh, got the second trailer to king richard so oh since, shocker here yeah king richard's coming out very <laughs> soon uh next week i want to say yeah november 19th 19th on, yeah in theaters and uh hbo max so i'm looking forward to that one of course as my most anticipated movie uh for the at least the second half of the year i didn't realize <laughs> it was going to be on hbo max too yeah it's got the dual the day and date release 
I think this one, this trailer looks pretty good. I think a, a lot of people were talking about, you know, if you've been on Twitter, a lot of the Beyonce stands, the Beehive, were like, oh, I want to hear the Beyonce song. The Beyonce song definitely sounds appropriate and 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 strong. So I'm not only talking about King Richard because of Will Smith, but I'm talking about this. So I can mention Beyonce and then people can uh, click on click on all the tweets about <laughs> about our podcast and we can bring all the the Beehive members to come over here and, and let, I'm letting you guys know we love Beyonce on this side of the mic. I'm pretty sure Nick <laughs> loves Beyonce, too. I so, do. But yeah. So, you know, wood pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. Respectfully, respectfully, <laughs> respectfully, of course, of course. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> I know we haven't talked about the trailer, but. It doesn't matter because I'm here to talk about Beyonce for a second. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the trailer looks good. I think I think Will is on his way to uh, definitely get an Oscar nom. It'll be interesting to see uh, Denzel and uh, if he gets nominated too, or if they either if either of them get nominated, which I'm sure is likely. It'd be what for Macbeth. Yeah, for Macbeth, it'll be interesting to see those two go head to head again and see uh, if 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 Will can steal that Oscar from Denzel, like Denzel stole it from uh, Will and with Training Day. What was Will nominated for? Uh, it was Ali. Wild Wild West. It <laughs> <laughs> was Legend of Bagger Vance. I, I, I knew what he was nominated for. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I thought this trailer looked the, good. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, did you see it? What did you think? Oh, yeah. I thought it looked good. I mean, I was um, excited for it anyways because, you know, uh, we we joke about your love for for Will Smith, but I appreciate yeah. Will Smith too, and uh, he is very talented, very very talented. As much like shit as you know, maybe uh, well, you don't give him much shit, but like maybe <laughs> I give him or like it, it, it's all in jest. Like it, it's yeah, I, yeah. I, I I love Will Smith, and, and seeing him get these roles, it's just like all right, let's fucking go. Like let let's do this shit. Right. Um, because, <laughs> you know, w- w- we have to have Christian on the pod at, at, at some point with, with all, <laughs> all the but like we, we joke about pursuit of happiness with him. I yeah. legitimately love pursuit of happiness. It is one of my favorite movies. Will Smith is so goddamn good in that movie. Yeah. We're just like, why? Why are our studios not lining him up for more shit like this? And Pursuit of Happiness is what, like 2007, 2008, something like that? Um, yeah, 2006. Oh, so even earlier. Yeah. So we're 15 years down the road at this point. And granted, I, I have a bunch of glaring uh, holes on my movie resume, but it feels like Will Smith hasn't gotten a lot of these roles. Like, yeah, you could argue something like concussion or, you know. Oh, you're right. That kind of stretch like would uh, would be in that vein. But I I don't view it that way because you, you have to have that uh, relatability and um, the kind of empathy and the ability to connect with, with the role, which is why like pursuit of happiness hits so hard in this, right? Yeah. Like not many people are fucking superstar athletes like Venus and Serena, but yeah. you can relate to that, uh, that father figure who's, pushing you really fucking hard but yeah still wants the best for you but can come off as very aggressive and, and shit like that which i assume is what we're going to see in this and i you know we kn- we know will can do it so yeah. I, I it just it feels like you know all the 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 pieces are aligning for will to kind of get his uh 
you know, get another crack at this. Like you said, like finally get back into like the Oscar nom category yeah. that he he firmly belongs in if he could just get, you know, that right role. Yeah. And it seems like this is like the perfect role, especially considering he's a father and he has a, a right. daughter. And I'm sure you can relate. Even yeah, that's going to so. help him in his performance. Exactly. You can you can feel it in his performance and you see it in the trailer. And uh, and we've already we've already heard some since it's already being played at festivals and whatnot. We're already hearing it's like a crowd pleaser. And that's kind of what Will needs right now. That isn't from a franchise that that isn't right. from something that's been done before. But it, to get back to that pursuit of happiness type feel, it seems like that's where um, that's the realm that it's in. So that, that's makes that makes it even more exciting and, and to see to see him be involved in something like that, because he definitely deserves his praise and his kudos as an actor, because I know sometimes people don't take him as seriously as as he may be or as he as he comes across. But I think with the right role, the right script, he can knock it out the park. And it seems like he does it with this one. So we'll have to see how that uh, 2022 Oscars looks like. You see uh, he and Idris Elba hinted at a collaboration. Yeah, <clears throat> I know what the collaboration's for, but I wish it was something else. <laughs> is it is it for Suicide Squad? No, it's uh, he's doing his book tour. So he's talking to like Spike Lee, Queen Latifah and Idris Elba about his book. So mm. that's the co- that's the collaboration they're talking about. But hopefully maybe we'll hear it in that conversation that Bloodsport and Deadshot face off. Yeah, because like you mentioned, Will needed some, like a crowd pleaser that wasn't part of a franchise. But I think he needs a crowd, a crowd pleaser that is part of a franchise um like and not that suicide squad was entirely his fault that movie had several problems uh beyond you know the the performances within the movie itself but you know get idris and will together for a you know blood sport dead shot you know rivalry or team up one or the other yeah i'm here for it that's what i'm fucking awesome yeah that's what i'm really looking forward to so hopefully they can Hopefully them being in the same room or wherever they're doing, have, being in the same uh, venue or whatever, that they can spark that can spark up that conversation. And I wonder if they'll talk about that, too. Yeah. I, I could. I mean, you would have to imagine like a book tour. It, it's Idris Elba's book, right? <laughs> no, it's Will's book. Oh, it's Will's. Oh, I, yeah, I, his memoir. I, I yes, I completely mix that up. Yes, that's what I meant. Uh, you have to imagine like whenever they do the tour and Idris is involved, like imagine the crowd's reaction when it's like, Oh, by the way, like, uh, Oh, would you look at this? And it's like a fucking concept art for yeah. blood sport in dead shot or whatever. Like that, that would be fucking wild. Yeah. Them even talking about it. will probably just, and Vi- Will's very, very good at going viral. Like he, yeah. he knows how, <laughs> and like that, that's not, you know, uh, not everyone can do that. he, he knows he's so meticulous with like what he does, like the uh, um, what was that challenge uh, with the the Drake uh, song or whatever? Oh, yeah. Where he's Kiki on top of the bridge. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Like th- that's so simple, but he he did it in such a way that he knew he was going viral. Like it, it's just like Will Will is so smart that, you know, he can easily announce yeah. this shit. He knows people want it. And it's just. I would be I would be all for that. That'd be the best place to do that if they ever or yeah. if, if, if Warner it's a Brothers natural is playing way with to that do idea. It. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of pe- what uh, people want and what I desperately want and I didn't even realize I wanted uh, my bit of news. Ana de Armas 
was cast in uh, Ballerina, which will be a spinoff of the John Wick series, which uh, horny. (laughs) (laughs) Like you get Ana de Armas. That's me spraying you right now. (laughs) 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 Uh, But you get Ana de Armas in an action movie where I fucking love John Wick. Love Ana de Armas. I mean, I, I don't even really need to know much else because nope. I know the John Wick John Wick has three movies out at this point. And so we, we know what to expect. Are they going to be the best like dialogue? No, not always, but the action and storyline, <laughs> my hand, my hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, heard, I heard the chuckle, um, but the 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 action and the storyline it is always going to be uh good enough and have enough depth that you're going to be interested and we want to know more we're getting several projects like we're getting now we know ballerina with Ana de Armas, which is the uh, uh i don't know what the organization is called but it's in the third one where he kind of goes back to uh his roots or whatever so we get to explore more of that they're doing a continental uh, series i believe on hbo uh sent centered around um god i can't remember the actor's name he's the, he's the manager uh and oh, he's in yeah. deadwood i can't i can't remember his name yeah, it, i can't remember his name either winston duke or no winston no that's not right no that's a different black guy i think yeah that's definitely not his name um uh Oh, maybe it's Winston in the movie. But anyways, we're getting a Continental series, and I think there is another spinoff in in the works. And there's John Wick four and five confirmed already. So it's like they ha- they know they have something there. So Anna de Armas being cast in this, we got a little taste of her. Wish I did. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> Wish I did. <laughs> I, I, um, <laughs> uh, we got a little taste of her in uh, Bond. It, it was the perfect amount for the movie, but also perfect amount that kind of left us wanting more and of like her in these kind of action roles because she kind of just fits. And this one will undoubtedly be a more serious role than what her role was in Bond. But uh, I'm very excited for this because it, it's just like s- several of the things I love coming together to form just something uh, awesome. And I'm all for that. Yeah, I almost forgot that was a thing. I and mean, then you mentioned it. I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to it, too. Oh, his name's Lance Reddick. Is that the guy you're talking about? The, it, the, the bald dude with the glasses? No, 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 no. Uh, I, I wasn't. So um, he he's awesome, too. No, I'm going to look it up really quick. Uh, he's in Deadwood. Are you talking about Ian McShane? Ian, thank you. Ian McShane. I got you. Is his name Winston in this? His name is Winston. Yep. That's why I was getting confused. When isn't Winston Duke uh, Mbaku in Black Panther? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what it is. All right. Yeah. So I was just got my my lines crossed there. Yeah. But yeah, very very excited for this. I will anything John Wick. I am. I, that was one of my streaming recommendation once upon a time. I yeah. love and obviously Keanu, but love John Wick. The the news I got is. We finally got a fucking uh, No Way Home tr- uh, poster. Yeah, that's true. What would you and, think of it? And it's actually better than the last one, because I don't know what the fuck that last one was doing. That was horrible job. They hired whoever they did. I don't know. Microsoft art. That's what that was. 
<laughs> but this one just looks a lot more interesting. And especially we can see uh, Green Goblin in the back. And I w- they were talking about, I think the, the, the Spider-Man account that tweeted it was like, yeah, zoom in for the details and stuff. And you can see the electricity and then you see something, there's something in the back. I don't, I'm not sure about like, is it, are they hinting at who we think it is with the, with the, the dirt or whatever that is just spiraling up in the air? Do you, do you is that supposed to be Sandman or is it just the effect I, of the environment they're in? So they, they haven't confirmed it, okay. but just like at, at the same time, they technically haven't confirmed electro yet either right like jamie fox has and yeah jamie (laughs) but and for that reason we know it's coming but technically there there hasn't been anything because obviously like you know we not only did we see the arms but we saw alfred molina as doc ock himself yeah and we in 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 the trailer we saw the um what do you call the the pumpkin explosive bomb yeah yeah so and and you heard the laugh so you you knew willem dafoe would be back even though you didn't see him right Mm. but then they kind of teased other things they uh they did the electric strike which you know they did kind of in part because again jamie fox knew we already knew jamie fox was coming back as electro but you couldn't tell if the dirt flying up in the trailer was due to the electric strike or if he was fighting two villains at once, perhaps Sandman, because it would make sense if you're already bringing back three villains yeah. and you have three villains because the third one in this would be Scorpion, uh, which we haven't really gotten too introduced to, but he is at the post credit mm-hmm. scene of uh, Homecoming. So if you already have three villains and three villains, it would make sense to do a Sinister Six if you're, you know, you're going to do that. So it hasn't been confirmed, but I think with this poster, the fact that we're getting the lightning going one way and the dirt kind of swirling, I do think they are kind of alluding to the fact that, uh, you know, we have four villains in this poster. You brought up that post credit. I don't even think I saw that one. So it's uh, homecoming. It's uh, Michael Keaton's vulture is in the prison and uh, the I can't remember uh the, the guy's name or like the the character's were the, name were they in a cell together no well, it was like they were walking past each other in the prison like oh, being okay. escorted by guards and it's like oh, um okay. i don't remember volter's name either. okay yeah, uh, sure. but he's like oh I, rumor on the the street or word on the street is you know who spider-man is i have a couple guys that that would you know wouldn't mind ripping his head off or <laughs> okay. something like yeah, that yeah, yeah and then michael keaton's character says if I knew he would already be dead or whatever like that, that's what. The OK, yeah, I think now that you say that, I vaguely remember, but I totally forgot that that was mm-hmm. who that was supposed to be. Yeah. So, yeah, he's Scorpion like he hasn't technically been established yet, but you see the scars, you see the Scorpion tattoo and you yeah. see the like the, the brackets for his injuries like on his arm. So that's kind of like the, the start of him becoming Scorpion. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. they they could kind of just use part of no way home to establish him. And then you already have your five other villains established, but I, it seems like we're not going to get Scorpion. It'll be the four we see in the poster and maybe just those four. It may, you know, maybe not quite a sinister six, but yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But what do you think I'm, of I'm the just, poster? Yeah. I'm just curious to see what that swirling of dirt is. <laughs> I want to know if that's supposed yeah. to be, to what be that somebody. Be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to know what the hell's going on. And uh, but yeah, it's much better than the last one. That's all I'll say. But yeah, yeah, I mean, 
So it, it's, I'm glad you brought this up actually, because we've heard the reports of the reason we haven't gotten a second trailer yet. And, and the reason all of this shit is kind of seemingly taking longer than it should. Like even the, the no way home trailer, it only dropped because it got leaked. Like it, it got yeah, leaked much, the, yeah. the night before or two nights before. So Marvel's just kind of like, all right, fuck, we gotta, we gotta do something. So but the, the rumor is, and it's entirely believable, Sony just wants to show way too much in the trailers. They want to show Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the trailer. And Marvel says no. And Marvel's 100% right as badly as I want to see them back. And, <laughs> and with Tom Holland, like, that's a theater moment. Like, imagine if fucking you saw captain america wielding thor's hammer in the fucking trailer yeah nobody wants to see like yes everyone wants to see it but no one wants it effectively wants spoiled to, for yeah them. exactly exactly so it what's it called uh that that ghostbuster trailer dropped too i don't know if you saw that one but it was the, yeah. this is they labeled that the final trailer and i think and that's a sony product too pro- property too so i think what they did with that final trailer they wanted they want to do with this next no way home trailer so it's like uh, kind of a, you know, two week reminder. It's like, oh, hey, in two weeks, this is coming out. But I, I also I mean, when I say when I, when I said to do what they did with the Ghostbusters trailer is that they kind of actually hint at who uh, hint at the original Ghostbusters coming back. That's probably what they you got that in do. the first one. though. No, I mean, you get you see more of them. This is what I'm saying. You see. more. No, of them. No, yeah, I know. But like they you, you, they already hinted at it. Like You're going to hint a hint. Yeah, yeah, we only know that Bill Murray was coming back, but nobody knew that the whole gang was really you're coming right. back until and, this one. Yeah, spoiler. No, I, I get I get what you're saying, but it's just like you know, you only need that that first little little bit. And yeah, then, that's what I'm saying. And Sony did it twice. They're gonna right. do yes. Okay, so they're, they're spoiling right. more, and I'm saying this is yes. what they want to do with No Way Home. They okay, I see you... what you're saying. I thought you were yeah. saying they want to do it as in like this is what they should do. Okay, oh, I'm with no. you. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you now. Cool. Yeah, that's hundred percent what they want to do. So they, <laughs> yeah. they want the second one to be, oh, here's what you've been asking for. Insert <laughs> Spider-Man pointing at each other, meaning like, <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> exactly. Well, it's fitting that this is our Eternals episode and a Marvel review because a lot of my uh, news and, and your news, you brought up the the, the movie poster um, was Marvel related, but my trend. And it is kind of fitting because it was trending on Twitter just before we started recording. Um, so Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has started filming. And uh, the, the big news that came out was that James Gunn has cast. I am going to butcher this man's name and <laughs> I apologize. But. OK, here we go. Chukwudi Iwuji. Maybe. Bless you. has been cast in guardians of the galaxy 3 which you know james gunn and mr awuji um have worked worked together in the peacemaker series which uh you know obviously james gunn did it will be coming out on hbo in a couple months um and it wasn't you know entirely shocking that james gunn cast him because james gunn uh you know has great relationships reportedly with with everyone he works with that's why we saw a lot of marvel uh people in suicide squad and and whatnot like he he it's not uncommon for him to work with the same people over and over again but the comments he made about the casting 
is what got people talking. And there was a picture going around of like, you know, Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, uh, Will Poulter was there because we know he's going to be Adam Warlock, like not in costume, but they were all it seemed like, you know, first day of filming doing a table read or something like that. Uh, But we saw we saw Mr. Iwuji in there um, and the comments are what got people talking. So this is what James Gunn said, this direct quote. After working with him on Peacemaker, I wasn't about to let go of one of the best actors I've ever worked with. So I gave him the role most every big name actor in Hollywood wanted, which you can't say shit like that in a Marvel franchise and (laughs) not get people going. Like the the role that everyone in Hollywood wanted, that's there's very few like in a Marvel franchise, you would think there's tons. No. Look at Batman, right? Granted, Batman yeah. kind of has a, a very different past uh, as far as like poor movies. But you would think Batman being one of, the, if not the most iconic heroes ever, would be an in-demand role. And that took a while to, to find someone. So what role could this be? The common uh, prediction or you know, thought? silver surfer which fucking awesome and ties into eternals which we'll talk about here shortly like and they got they got fantastic four lined up too in the next yeah we phase. know they have the rights now like uh, it, it could be someone else like it could, it could be, be um you know uh the high evolutionary which we know is going to be seemingly the villain in this uh for those who don't know a ton about the comics the high evolutionary is kind of like this twisted mad scientist he created rocket raccoon so there's going to be a whole rocket storyline in this um that's been something james gunn has talked about he's going to kind of close rocket's arc in this movie because in the last one we saw rocket like there was a lot of tension there and you know you could tell there's going to be more to his story going forward so it could be the high evolutionary but again no one in Hollywood is necessarily saying, oh, let me be the fucking high evolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're the silver surfer, that'd be awesome. I mean, he could even be someone bigger. Like someone said Galactus and I'd be like, holy shit, if he was oh, Galactus, that, that would be insane. But uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, I'm trying to think of, of another one. Oh, someone said Nova or um, uh, God, I can't think of. Oh, Beta Ray Bill, who's kind of like a adversary to thor um he's you know enchanted in the same way and can like wield mjolnir and stuff like that but again no one's really lining up to play those roles like there's plenty of people that would i mean christian bale's playing gore the god butcher and no one most people don't know who gore the god butcher is so there's plenty of people that would but who's lining up for those roles or like what characters are people lining up for silver surfer is number one i i think we're gonna get uh, Fantastic Four uh, mixed into Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and I am fucking pumped about it. Yeah, that's exciting. I didn't even know about that tweet, but now that yeah, I'm real curious to see who it will be. Well, look at that. TNT bringing, <laughs> uh, bringing some value to the world. Yeah, exactly. I think I got something, but that's not nothing <laughs> scale of yeah, that you scale. Of news. Yeah. <laughs> what you got? No. I got uh, the fact that the Russo brothers directed uh, their their films that they've directed with Marvel, that they're going to be in IMAX uh, aspect ratio on Disney Plus 
So if you have Disney Plus, their uh, Infinity War. Uh, yeah, it's like twelve. End game and like yeah, and, Iron uh, Man, Black Panther, their Captain yeah. uh, Captain Captain America Civil War. They're all being um, shown in the IMAX aspect ratio, which I think is cool to see because if you've ever seen a movie in IMAX, uh, some movies aren't even shot f- fully in IMAX, so they'll always like shift from like widescreen to then full screen. So with this, when, in this instance, we'll be able to see it in the in the full capacity it was meant to be seen in. Yeah, I, I am excited. So, like, what is that? Well, I guess I'll find out here in a couple of days or so, because that's November twelfth too, right? That's the Disney Plus Day. Yeah, Disney Plus Day. Yeah. Um. So I guess I'll find here, find out here shortly. But like, what does that look like on like a normal TV? Like, I mean, just the it's, the aspect ratio, or yeah, it's like it's like full, it's full screen, but you see everything. And nothing's cut off. That's essentially what it is. It's like, yeah, I was going to say, because like, I, I know like with Seinfeld coming into Netflix, that was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and like, you know, some of the the important shit was just cut off because of the, the difference in aspect ratios. So I, I was just curious. I, I've probably seen plenty of like uh, IMAX shit like at home and I d- just don't even realize. But no, that, that, that that's awesome because I mean you you want to see shit like marvel's very intentional with what they shoot and, and how they shoot it that you know nothing and with all the fucking easter eggs they have in the background and shit like you want to be able to see the full screen as intended so yeah that's exactly. awesome yeah so it won't be it'll, it won't be like the typical widescreen you got two thick ass black bars and i think i think with in this case though that you'll see black bars but they won't be so obvious it'll be more in full right like you would in the theaters like yeah you know yeah how it's meant on your shrek tv on your shrek tv exactly (laughs) on your leapfrog right (laughs) god i love those memes (laughs) all right you ready for a review yes sir get into it all right let's do it eternals uh i've mentioned it several times over the past few weeks uh we knew what was um Oh, sorry. I was I, I had the Guardians of the Galaxy three page pulled up, and I thought I, I found something that no one else had seen yet, but it was actually a, a very, <laughs> <laughs> very like well known thing. Um, Eternals talked about it for a while. Latest Marvel movie coming out. Talked about it last week with the review bombing going on. Um, do you remember what it was on IMDb at the time? Was it a six point one? Uh. I want to say 6.2. Okay. So, all right. So right now it's at a 6.9 on the IMDb. So with the audience score, it, it, so 0.7 doesn't sound like a lot, but it is that, that that's a massive jump, especially going positively. Right. 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 Dropping seven points is a little bit more understandable because, you know, if there's a flood of great reviews early on, like during the screenings, but then like, uh, you know, kind of regresses towards the mean, it's rare you get positive regression where there's a flood of negative reviews and then it goes back up. So that just goes to show that it was review bombed. Uh, I mean, th- yeah, there's, that that's not to say this movie wasn't without its, you know, problems, but mm-hmm. I, I, you know, feel confident in saying it was review bombed and that there was intent behind it, but regardless, 6.9 on IMDb, a very nice rating. Uh, it is 48% <laughs> 
on Rotten Tomatoes, which again goes to show why it's review bomb. It's like 20 points lower than Thor The Dark World, which is the next lowest. 80% audience score, which feels like the only real legitimate score yeah. like out there for this movie. Um, but for those that don't know, it's the saga of the Eternals, a race of immortal beings who lived on Earth and shaped its history and civilizations. Uh, this is directed by Chloe Zhao, who just won an Academy Award for Nomadland um, and stars. Uh, and you, you put it perfectly last week. This is an ensemble movie. Um, Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, Salma Hayek, Kit Harrington, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, <laughs> Lauren Ridloff, uh, Barry Keoghan, uh, Ma Dong Siok, like Harish Patel, like Bill Skarsgård is in this. And I, I think people didn't realize it was him. Um, it's stacked. It, it's truly yeah. an ensemble movie. My reaction to this and i don't i I truly truthfully you know don't mean to sound like pretentious in saying this or like you know uh um you know (laughs) hoity-toity type of like (laughs) film reviewer or whatever but this movie challenged me like Mm -hmm. i I am very um set in my ways when it comes to marvel like i i you know I have my routines. I kind of know what to expect. Like Shang-Chi. Yes, I, I've talked about how that third act was so wild and fantastical. And I didn't see that coming. But for the most part, within the Shang-Chi film, I knew what to expect. Eternals, I had no clue what to expect going in. I you know, heard that it was completely different. And there was you know, a very different take on it with Chloe Zhao. Uh, who I could say at this point is a visionary. The way she sees things is just, you know, she is very deserving of her uh, Academy Award. I don't think there's such thing as like a, you know, like in baseball, right? You can have like one great year and win an award for it. I don't mm-hmm. think there's like a one hit wonder for Academy Awards. I don't know. But needless to say, I don't think Chloe Zhao is going to fall into that category or be anywhere close to that category. I think she's very well established that she can do academy award-winning shit but she can also do a blockbuster movie in eternals and i don't think many directors can do that but um i I was curious to see her take on it i i really did like it but when you know once the movie ended i was like that was kind of like a lot to process (laughs) i you know the the beginning was very uh wonky mm-hmm. um it, it 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 like i i could see it i could see the intent but i don't think it played quite how she wanted to or maybe kevin feige wanted it to but once it settled down it was thoroughly enjoyable thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable <laughs> um like it it was it, it it was a Marvel movie. Like I, I think some of the concern for this uh, for Eternals, uh, once we got some of the the reviews coming in, but pro- like after the screenings, but prior to it being released widely in theaters, was that it was just going to be so different. It wasn't going to be uh, a Marvel movie at all. Like it, it just was going to mm-hmm. you know be a footnote in, in the Marvel history and whatnot. And I could understand that. Like you know 
someone like Denny Villeneuve just, you know, sees it as like a copy and paste mold uh, for, for Marvel movies. I don't, but I can see where, like why he would say something like that, because we, we do for the most part, know what to expect with Mm -hmm. these movies. Um, That being said, he, he did say he loved that Marvel brought in someone like Chloe Zhao to direct a film. And he, he was right. Like this movie is in, incredibly different from other films but not in a other mcu films but not in a bad way chloe zhao's vision for this movie translated we got scenes that you know pushed the limits and kind of like you know were different for, for marvel movies but it advanced the story it wasn't just doing that shit to 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 do shit like it wasn't propaganda or just trying to send a message or just doing too much like it actually advanced the story and you know some people didn't like that and that's was in large part you know where the review bombing stemmed from but it it definitely advanced the story and i i have to give credit for it like there's you know only so much you can do with a marvel movie because there's the comics it's so intertwined like uh, mm-hmm. I, I criticize Dune for not being self-contained, right? Well, like Marvel movies, n- there's no such thing as them being self-contained anymore because there's so many Easter eggs and like people showing up in each other's movies and, and post-credit scenes. And so it's like, there's only so much you can do from movie to movie at this point in time after, you know, 25 films or whatever we're at now that, you know, to do something as different as what Chloe Zhao did is commendable like she nailed it i am appreciative of this that uh, of eternals that you know i can still feel this way about a marvel movie where it's just like i did not expect that and that was fucking awesome yeah and and that's just kind of what what i was left with like after seeing the film my first thought was like review bombs were not warranted there's no stock in them go see it and form your own opinion that you know as you should do for any movie, but go see it and form your own opinion. Don't listen to, you know, those um, old whites, but <laughs> like, you know, now that I'm a couple days removed, it's just like, I can really appreciate this film. I don't know how rewatchable it's going to be, but yeah. I can really, really appreciate it for, for what it is and what it tried to do. And I think a lot of it hit, some of it didn't, but a lot of it hit. And um, you know, I, I liked that. I, obviously I, I liked you know, when, when things are executed well, but I just mean like, I, I liked it that they took chances and they weren't afraid to like, you know, they did want to break the mold and do something different. And I think they did um, my kind of pitch for this movie. Right. It, Cause I, I've talked about how it's not your typical Marvel film. I view this as sort of like a spinoff, like the infinity saga obviously ended with Endgame. really ended with far from home that's over now right yeah. you you had your earthly base heroes we know they're going cosmic and getting out there and stuff but you can't really do that with your earth based heroes you can't really do that with you know falcon and winter soldier and and you know your uh yelena belova from black widow and uh you can sort of do it with doctor strange but not really because he's always meant to be earth's protector so it's like you you need to kind of launch this this other 
not timeline, but this other line of heroes to make it more cosmic, to help out your Thor and your guardians and, and, and whatnot. Uh, and, and even your Captain Marvel. So I view this as a spinoff. And once I had that thought come ahead, come into my head, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense now. So I view this movie, it does like allude to, you know, they're obviously honor. So it does allude to like the Infinity Saga and Thanos and whatnot and mm-hmm. connect in some ways. But I view this as like a, a true spinoff where it's just launching something different and it will tie into some other cosmic stuff. But once I, I thought of that, I was like, oh, I am all in on Eternals. I, I loved it. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I don't think so. I think, you know, I see what they are trying to do. I gave Eternals an 86. Um, it, it, it was solid. Again, I don't know how rewatchable it's going to be because it is kind of like a kind of a deeper, like even in my non-spoiler review, right? I'm still like going deep with my thoughts and kind yeah. of opinions on this so i don't know how well it'll <laughs> hold up as far as like viewing it over and over again but it, it is a good movie and, and it deserves its praise yeah I, I agree on a lot of your points i definitely enjoyed this movie it is it's really it was refreshing and you know i can see why some people some fans or whatever i don't know if i don't know i know there's sometimes a difference between mcu fans and like comic book fans i'm pretty sure I would feel like, you know, Eternals fans or comic book fans, you know, who have actually read the lore and understood it. I'm pretty sure they might like this movie, but maybe if you're all, if you're acclimated to the, how the MCU is, I think you might feel a little indifferent or you might feel, it might be a little divisive in that, in that demographic. But um, yeah, I think for me, uh, this fits more of kind of my taste, even though I know, like, even though I enjoy 80%, if not more uh, of the MCU films or the universe, Mm-hmm. but yeah it's it, if it's i think it's the most i think you could say it's the most mature you know quote unquote mature yes. film yes. of out of them all uh, you know not to say there weren't any mature qualities to the rest but just tonally and like overall conceptually it was mature um yeah i, I was intrigued by a lot of the the lore I, this is a dense film so there is a lot to digest i think too especially if you have no idea who these characters are but i think chloe does a really good job of introducing these characters and kind of making you feel connected and um, and I really appreciated some of the the uh, emotional and, and moral complexities that we don't see too often in the MCU. And, you know, sometimes it's a little surface level across the films. But in this one, I think it's it gets a little bit, you know, they branch out a little bit more and they they go they go right to the gut a little bit. Um, even the cosmic complexities, there's also that you got to there's a whole bunch of questions and things lingering around that you're like, oh, shit, this can happen. Or I wonder what what's going to happen in the future or what's going to happen next. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know some people have made a connection. I don't know if you've heard the connection yet, Nick, uh, with the DCU EU franchise or the, the the films. No, I haven't. Yeah, some people have said this is like it feels like a DC film, and I can see and I can understand it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't deem that as a negative because yeah, I know people like, would how? deem it as a negative. I think just because I think more specifically, but maybe with the Zack Snyder films, that's probably what they're thinking. It's like because uh, in Eternals. Uh, I mentioned that there's this moral complexity and I think maybe Man of Steel might be the best example. There's that kind of moral complexity in Man of Steel that I can see sort of is similar to Eternals and that might be it, but I don't, I can't, I don't, I can't, I didn't read anything specific, but I heard a lot of people just say it, it, it felt like a DC film and, people, and they kind of took it as an, in a negative spin. But like I said, I can see the, I can see the comparison, but I think it's a positive for me because I think with that, 
with that the complexity I mentioned and the heightened degree of maturity, you, you see it in it and in and in, in, in eternals. I think it creates a little bit of that thought provoking feel that it raises the stakes a little bit. It, it creates a little bit of realism. And just like Zack Snyder films, uh, there is a reference to the Greek mythology and it's pretty on the nose. You know, the guy's name is Icarus for goodness sakes. Um, I did like that, that aspect to it, but yeah, this is a, I think, it does. A, she, I like how Chloe told the story, too, because it's not even the storytelling is not formulaic and it's a little bit unorthodox, but it, and some people might call it jarring. But I think I think it works and I think it, she does a good job of handling it. And she she does a great job of creating this intimate story within an epic and in a vast cosmic story at the same time, which is tough to do. You got 10 superheroes, you got 10 characters or however many characters and you you manage to like touch on each of their you know, sort of their strengths and their weaknesses. And at least you made, you made us connect very well. I think she did a great job with that. Even the action, I didn't think, it felt like in the first 15 minutes, like you said, Nick, it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but then as you sort of get, you delve a little bit deeper into it, it, it and, and, and things actually start to happen and things, how things unfold, it's, it's like a big brother, you know, expect the unexpected. And I felt like the, the trailers did a good job of keeping the plot out of the whole, uh, I mean, keeping the plot away from us because I had no idea what to expect. And there was like multiple things happening that I wasn't even expecting at all or catching on to until things actually happened. So that's mm-hmm. a plus. And yeah, I can't, I mean, all the, all the actors were great. Who was it? Kumail, Johnny. I got to say, he's good. You know, he's the comedic relief and somebody else is a comedic relief too, which I wasn't expecting, but right. besides that, everybody was really good. And even Angelina Jolie, Angelina Jolie, I do have to say, I am excited to see her back Horny. in action. <laughs> yeah i'm excited to see her back in action i'm gonna say like i'm gonna keep the pg nick gonna take it rated r for me but I, <laughs> <laughs> and i hope to see her back in in action films because she's she kills it every time and i think her part specifically was also one of the unexpected moments but you really enjoy it and it's i like the dynamic that they've created within all the eternals and i this might be the first movie in a while where you might have uh you, you beat me by the by the rating i think I'm trying to think. Did you? What's the highest you give? Yeah, I'm gonna give it an 85. Oh, so just by one point. Just but... by one point, yeah. But it is still the highest. I think you've. I think you've. I don't think you've outscored me often. Or no, no, or I, I haven't. But I, I realized I was probably getting a little too like critical of movies. I, I think you know, actually talking about my thoughts on movies like kind of made me more critical with my scores. Like I, yeah. you know. For, for whatever reason, but, um, you know, now kind of just like thinking about the podcast, it's like, oh, you know, there's a the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast in the first place because I enjoy movies. Like, I don't need to be overly critical of them. Yeah, yeah. Just to, to be overly critical. So that's, that's kind of how I think my, my reviews go up a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of how I think about it. I, I try to I know a lot of people like to sort of get really analytical and some movies deserve that type of analyst. Uh, you know analysis mm-hmm. but sometimes i just like to go just i just like to let i like to let the movie you know take me on a journey i don't give a shit about anything else just i'm gonna see if i can just absorb naturally into the movie don't want to like oh okay they could have did this better or they could have done that better or that could have been you know or that was bad or whatever it is sometimes i try to especially if the storytelling is good you, you shouldn't have to work that you shouldn't have to uh it shouldn't take you that much uh to be absorbed by it but yeah and i'm not like the easy to please crowd either but i just I just let the movie go where it's meant to go and then 
see how I feel right after it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think more people should be like that. Just like open your mind a little bit (laughs) just relax. Right. Like we're, we're not, although we, we definitely could be, we're not like these, you know, high uh, stature review, like film critics or anything like that. Like we're just, you know, two fans of movies. Right. So it's like, you know, just go enjoy the movie for what it is. Or if you you hate it, like that's perfectly fine, too, because all movies are subjective. Even the, you know, quote unquote, best movies of all time have their, you know, uh, you know, haters or whatever. Like and and it's not just because they're they're hating because it's popular. Like, you know, some people just don't like those films. And that's fine. That's, you know, what art is about. Movies are art and art is subjective. It's just. No. I do want to say, though, if like for people who who like like to read reviews and whatnot or they have people they go to for reviews, uh, whether good or bad or whether you were interested or disinterested in a movie, don't let that review or or point of view or opinion sway whether or not you should see a movie, because there are a lot of times where you can see a movie mm-hmm. that's like re- horribly reviewed that you turn out. And you go see and you're like, oh, holy shit, I I fucking enjoyed that movie. Or it could be the complete opposite, but you never know until you see it for yourself. So I just want people to know, like, hey, take your form your own opinion. Don't be don't be a sheep or don't even try to act like you're not a sheep. (laughs) Just go ahead and see it. Yeah, exactly. Like for for me, you know, I, I, you know, was critical of Dune last week, like malignant. Right. I'll, I'll use malignant. Like I hated malignant. But I yeah. don't want to necessarily say no one should see this film. Like, yeah, because it could be like me. Like you could right. like if I took your advice, how, how would I know? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, you know, use reviews to kind of, um, you know, form a conversation around a film. Yeah. But don't let that dictate your feelings towards a film. Yeah. And some people have like people they listen to because they you can already tell that you have similar ideas and feelings on certain, right. on certain movies. But even mm-hmm. if you even if you you know, you agree on a lot of films. Doesn't mean you agree on everything. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't mean you might or you will like this movie. So yeah, just see it regardless. Unless it's like really, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it might be hypocritical. Maybe, <laughs> unless, yeah. I mean, unless it's I, zero. If it's zeros across the board, it's, I don't know. Right, right. I mean, there's <laughs> there there are the exceptions to every rule. And yeah, I mean, there, exactly. there are the films that just don't deserve <laughs> anything. And there are films that, you know, get review bombed like this one. So it's like, you know, definitely go see it and inform your own opinions and whatnot. But absolutely. Let's get into our spoiler review. Um, not going to pause as much this time because, you know, I gave everyone a warning of what we were doing. But um, th- so when we talk about this movie being wonky, uh, it, it just starts off with kind of like an odd choice of uh, progression where it starts <laughs> yeah. off. Do we get the flashback first or do we get present day first? We get we get the present day, right? Yeah. Yeah, we get yeah, that's present what I thought. Day. But then it was, saying it out loud, I was like it did say it out, yeah, say it out loud sounds wrong. Wait, did it begin in the in the school? Or am I tripping? Yeah. No, <laughs> okay. What well, that's what I'm trying to remember. I, <laughs> oh shit. Fuck. No, 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 no. It 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 no. It, it began in uh Mesopotamia. Um oh. it began with the ship arriving to civilization. oh yeah yeah that's right okay. okay yeah so what that just goes to prove my point how wonky the the, the beginning was where it's like they they start in mesopotamia right and the idea of the eternals just to give some like comic backstory so there's the celestials which are 
they're not gods because gods are a separate thing. Like Thor's a god in, in the MCU. So they're not gods, but they're they're celestials. They're they're you know next tier up from gods, or maybe a couple tiers up from gods. Um, and Arishim the judge. So Arishim is the, the red celestial that you see throughout this film that um a couple of the celestial or the uh, eternals talk to. Um so the celestials created the deviants to um you talk about apex predators in this like yeah. the the deviants were supposed to clear out planets so that life could form so that civilization could form but the celestial specifically Arishim, because Arishim was the first celestial so he created uh you know the universe so that he could create more uh celestials like himself but to do that, you needed a lot of energy, which is population and civilization and whatnot. So he creates the deviants to clear out planets uh, of anything preventing populations and not humanity, but civilizations from forming. But this, the deviants were true apex predators. So they were killing the population as well. So then he had to kind of correct his mistake. He creates the Eternals, which are more... Um, you know, human-like because one, they have to uh, blend into society, but two, they have to be able to beat the deviants, which is where you get the eternal Trump. And they do so in teams. So that way you kind of divide and conquer and whatnot, but they also have, their job is to develop civilization. Cause as you see throughout the movie, the specifically with Fastos, who's a uh, Brian Tyree Henry's character, like he he he's the tech guy and he, you know, has access to all this insanely advanced technology, but he gives them a plow and then he gives them this <laughs> and that and like a natural progression because that develops civilization like through technology. And as we later find out, war helps develop technology, too, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But anyways, so the grand, you know, we're, we're, we're actually open to this movie with a screen crawl, which you don't oh, yeah. ever get. <laughs> so it's like, but that, that's the pitch. Like the, the Eternals were created to get rid of the deviants. What we later find out was that that's not exactly why that is part of the reason, but not entirely the reason why the Eternals were created, but we'll get to that mm-hmm. again. So anyways, it opens in Mesopotamia and kind of like their arrival to earth, which, you know, logical starting point, but then it goes to present day, which, okay. Understandable deviant attacks. And then it goes another flashback to, I believe we get to Babylon next. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. All right. Flashback back to present day. And then I think we get a third. Yeah. We get a third flashback with Icarus and Cersei and kind of their love story. It's just like, so to the first, I don't know how long it was, but maybe first 30 minutes, it's past, present, past, present, past, present. And mm. it's just like, I would have much rather you had like just done it continuously, like go from Mesopotamia to Babylon. And during Babylon, you show Icarus and Cersei. And mm. then once you get and to present jump. day, yeah, yeah, you and then jump. And then once you get to present day, you're like, well, here, Cersei, where the fuck is Icarus? Like, I would have would have rather you done something like that. But, you know, when it was all said and done, we got what we needed to. But yeah, I think like with 
some of the reviews, I can see why people were saying this movie was like at war with itself because it, it was jumping back and forth. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, yeah, it, it's an unconventional way of doing it, but you got what you needed. Did you, did you feel the same way at the beginning or was it yeah, know, I don't, mainly I don't, off-putting? Yeah, no, like, I, I mean, I, I briefly mentioned that I, I didn't, it didn't bother me too much. I don't even know if, but something did bother me about the first 15 minutes, which I don't even know what it was. I think, and it could have, it could have very well have been the the time jumps that made it feel wonky, but I, I, I wasn't really thinking too much about it. Like I said, when I was watching it, um, and maybe it was, I, I think it was, it was how the story kind of progressed or how they were kind of dealing with situations or how they, I mean, how they were, how she was telling the story, I guess that it was part of the wonkiness for me. Um, but and I think they even they jump they do time jumps later on in the film too that didn't that didn't bother me so that's why I don't know if it was because of the time jumps or was because of uh, just how the the general story was being told I don't know I can't even I, I I can't even pinpoint exactly what my issue was but I definitely felt the same just in terms of that first twenty minutes or so just being a little a little rough but at the same time you do get the information that you need and it and it all makes sense right it, it like for me it you know felt like as a whole not just the beginning but as a whole it's like if you think of a flight like it it was a it was turbulent turbulence (laughs) but if you you know sit through the turbulence and don't like panic too much or whatever it is a smooth ride after that and everything kind of plays out like as you should and by the end of it it's like you still get from point a to point b and it is you know a good ride like it's not yeah. you know too painful to to endure or anything like exactly. that exactly um but it was oh geez just knocked over my water bottle but um <laughs> like i uh with the beginning like it, it was unconventional so like i didn't really know where we were going but once again once you get through the turbulence you kind of get into the mission so the deviants are back they're getting the team back together and whatnot and you know you get uh cersei sprite and icarus are the first three then they go to ajak who's the leader salma hayek with her character i don't know if you felt this way but i i i felt like she was really the only one who was miscast and and i i don't know i'm not as familiar with the eternal comics i'm pretty good with you know mainline avengers and uh even like some of the you know Doctor Strange, uh, Scarlet Witch, like some of the little bit uh, outer, not outer ring, but one step out from the main line. Like I'm pretty good with that, but Eternals I'm not as familiar with, admittedly. So I I don't know how Ajak is supposed to be in the comics, but it felt like Selma Hayek, great actress, by the way, very Mm -hmm. accomplished. Like it just felt like she was really the only one I didn't resonate with. Like I, I just didn't. Like she dies, right? And, and I just didn't. That that didn't ever really mean anything to me. Like everyone is distraught by this. Like quite frankly, Ajak dying is what really brings everything, everyone back together. Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, granted, they could get back together at any point, but they've been apart for thousands of years. So it's like they kind of needed a reason to get back together. And Ajak dying was like a a pivotal reason for everyone kind of being on board because there was dissension within the eternals uh you know you you had um um oh what's his name uh druig you have druig uh you know kind of going his own way and you know uh cersei kind of feeling 
uneasy and Athena going what she was going through and whatnot. So you, you had dissension within it and Fastos, of course, like with the uh, World War II scene, which I thought was phenomenal, by the way. Yeah. Um, so you had dissension. So you needed Ajax character to kind of uh, advance the storyline, right? You, you, you needed her to, you know, be the catalyst for, for this uh, movement or whatever for this mission. Yeah. And, and, and it worked, but like Selma Hike, like I, I just, I didn't, I didn't connect with her character. Like I just didn't. I, and I get I like, think, this is the first introduction to her, but I, I just didn't really feel a loss. Like I think uh, was intended. Yeah. And, you know, I think my, it might just be the problem with, cause obviously the, they wrote the story, they know what her fate is. So they didn't, I don't know if that was just, uh, a haphazard writing just to sort of just at least put her in as just something as a catalyst instead of something as an emotional connection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, they didn't really try to care too much to make an emotional ca- connection with the audience because we're going to kill her off. <laughs> so they didn't mm-hmm. bother it. But at the same time, it does would, happen. It happens but... often all the time, but at the same time you would feel, or you would expect, Hey, let me give this character a little depth. So when that fucking moment happens, you do feel the same as the actual characters that uh, are in the story you have the same feeling as those characters do when, when she dies. So but I, I think that is partly because just of how she was written. I feel like she was, I don't know if I would say miscast, but I mean, I can understand that. Also, people said and, and that's nothing against her. It's yeah, just, no, it's like, not her. I did think she did. Bring, I don't like, think the, the sorry, motherly sorry, tone. Ahead. No, mm-hmm. I, I felt like she brought that, that motherly yes. uh, aspect that she was pretty much meant to bring, which that yeah, I don't sense. think it was performance related, which is yeah. why I say miscast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know. I know exactly what you're talking about. But at the same time, I, I did feel connected, though, to to her. But just from, you know, the motherly aspect and what she was there for. And they also people thought Angelina. Well, well they, I don't know if they said miscast, but uh, they questioned why would Angelina Jolie even be in this character? Because I mean, in this role, because. It, it seems like it could be any anybody could play this role, and I feel like anybody could play all these roles, to be honest. But <laughs> yeah, they I all, mean, that, they that all do a really good. Jo- <laughs> yeah, they all do it, but they all do a really good job with the with the roles, regardless of who they are or how big their name is. I don't even know why you would why people would question. You know, what's the point of her being cast? I mean, especially if she did a good job, because that doesn't seem to be the problem. Right. Um, but yeah, so like, if so, how many? Are, I think there's ten eternals in total yeah i can relate to nine out of the ten mm-hmm. that's still a win like 90 percent efficiency rate it was just like unfortunate that the one i didn't relate to was one of the most important ones so but nine out of ten i liked as far as execution and again i don't think that salma hayek's fault right. because like you said she she portrayed that motherly aspect very very well yeah. it's it just like there was just something there was that hook missing and I can't really put my finger on it. Maybe, you know, after seeing it again uh, yeah. down the line, I'll be able to pinpoint it. Um, but a little bit before that. So you get the uh, Cersei and Icarus kind of rekindling, so to speak. You're mm-hmm. introduced to Dane Whitman, who's played by Kit Harrington, And there's all the Game of Thrones, you know, uh, references there seeing uh, Kit Harrington and Richard Madden together again. But, um, you know, you, you get the present love story, 
and then insert old boyfriend type deal, I guess, old husband or current oh, husband. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they ever got divorced um, yeah. into the equation and whatnot. And, and this is one of the areas where I talked about earlier, where close out takes a risk and uses something to advance the storyline that we haven't gotten in the Marvel movie before we get our first sex scene. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> it 100% caught me off guard because <laughs> it, it made sense why that flashback was important. Like the first two were kind of the first one was them arriving. The second one was them kind of splitting up. Right. And then this one was to establish just how serious this relationship was and how big of a, a deal it is that Icarus is back. Because like yeah. you hear about it, but, you know, you know, the, the these women, they always underplay how serious it was. So uh, like you know you, you as an audience member get to see why you know this is so important and just how in love they were and you get their love story and you know one way to show the severity of that is to you know throw a sex scene in there and it, it, <laughs> it, it was you know um I, I guess a tasteful sex scene which is an innuendo in itself, but like uh, it, it was tasteful, but it felt like it went longer than I thought it was going to go. Oh, it lingered. <laughs> and then I thought, is it was it me or did I see some thrusting? Like I didn't know. Oh yeah, there, 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 there was motion in the ocean. Yeah, for yeah. for sure. Like um, it, it lingered. Where I was just like, okay, like there's definitely been hints at sex all throughout the MCU. Oh, it's yeah, not like definitely. you know this is the the first time, but like this is the first time it was on screen and there's no nudity or anything, but like, no. uh, you know, it, it lingered and maybe it was just kind of like to, uh, maybe I'm overthinking it, but like it lingered, which kind of makes the audience feel uncomfortable in a way, but that's also how Kit Harrington's character is feeling. He's feeling uncomfortable. That's true too. So it's like, you know, maybe you're supposed to relate to Kit Harrington because Kit Harrington is in this very sparingly, but he yeah. is playing a huge role going forward. So you have to be able to relate to his character in le- at least in some way. And this flashback might've been a way to do it. You know, I think this was like a really good example of how, how at least the MCU fans, or at least our general audience who, who are aware of the MCU are conditioned because like if this was in any other movie, I wouldn't have blinked. I wouldn't have bet a single eye. I've been like, oh, yeah, sex scene. That's fine. But the fact that this was in the MCU movie and it, like it kind of took me out of the <laughs> my usual space of just like letting the movie take me in. I was just like, oh, shit, there's a fucking sex scene in the fucking middle of an MCU movie. <laughs> and I just felt like if this was any other movie, we wouldn't have thought about it. But the fact that it isn't we're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and everything yeah. felt longer than usual. <laughs> it, def- yeah. it did linger. <laughs> yeah, it, it, for sure um well let's just talk about the the real the other big one that obviously everyone kind of saw oh, coming yes. in that that My is favorite the, part <laughs> well i don't know if we're talking about the same one but like the no, uh go ahead <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> wait what were you talking about <laughs> no go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no now i want to know what were you talking about well when you bring up my favorite part i'm gonna let you know if, whether it's now or later <laughs> okay all right well, the, the, the part I was referencing that, you know, was a risk that Chloe Zhao took to advance the storyline was uh, Fastos's character and his family, right? That mm-hmm. it's the first time a, uh, you know, LGBTQ um, relationship has been portrayed on screen in Marvel. Um, and it wasn't just like, oh, here's two guys living in a house with a kid. Like, no, they were, uh, they had their intimate moments and, and, you know, you got the on-screen kiss and whatnot and, and 
you that know, was my it, favorite part. That, <laughs> was it? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I was like, <laughs> well, I was but that's like, what I was exactly referring to, though, because I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> um, but, you know, th- that was a point of dissension uh, among a lot of people. Or it's, I mean, it, th- this is a whole separate conversation, but, uh, you know, the, the argument for that crowd is like, oh, I don't want to see that in my movie. Like, uh, you know, just because I support it doesn't mean I have to see it or whatever. Yeah, that, that's the argument. That's not my view on it, but th- that is the argument. Um, but that uh it's a dumbass argument because it's like oh yeah. okay <laughs> you're yeah. fine with seeing everybody else do it. we just saw a sex scene with with cersei and icarus right and now but you're that's like, fine right but, <laughs> uh anyways like th- that was the other part and by the way some of the reviews are going i thought it was gonna be a you know kind of in your face thing where it's like no it was really just that one scene and once he goes on the uh fastos goes on the mission they allude to uh um his family to kind of like give that human aspect to the eternals because they mm-hmm. they're effectively robots and you know fastos is the character to uh you know drive the the point home that you know they're empathetic now they are you know functioning humans and they have feelings and emotions and want human things like sprite wants to be she wants to be a real girl and like yeah. grow old and, and shit like that and, and you know fastest just wants to do what's best for his son and like you know so when i say it drove this the story forward it it did like he yeah. he had a family and like he was able to, you know, live his life for thousands of years. And, you know, he's fine. Like his son looks what, you know, 10 or yeah. whatever. So he's just now finally gotten to the point he wants to be after 7,000 years. And, and I thought, you know, him having to give up his family that he's lived so hard and, and keep in mind, right. That if you want a, a point, why it wasn't in your face, they easily could have done the uh, whole arc of him being, you know, a closet gay man and having to deal with all the, you know, uh, sex or not sexism, but um, you know, I mean, racism too. like yeah. being a black gay man. And they easily could have done that whole thing. Yeah, but they don't. So it's very much not in your face and it's done with intent to drive the story forward. But also, you know, representation, obviously a huge thing in Marvel's. Uh, been very great about doing that especially as of late but you know I, I thought I thought it was a real pivotal pivotal scene like important to the story to show that Fastos has a family and to really drive that humans element home because everyone else maybe Cersei is kind of the only other one no one else is really portraying that human aspect Druig's living in the forest uh um uh, what's her name? Makari. Makari's mm. living on the fucking ship. Yeah. Sprite hates. She's just jealous of everyone because, yeah. again, she's just stuck as a as a a girl. You know, a, you know, twelve year old body, girl, yeah. a child. That's the word I was looking for. Thena's going crazy. Um, uh, Gilgamesh has to take care of her. Ajax mm. kind of like isolated because she's, you know, whatever uh icarus is in isolation so it's literally just cersei and fastos kind of driving that human element forward um and without fastos it's like you don't connect with cersei on that quite a deep level uh yeah the human element just because she becomes the new prime eternal once ajax dies 
So it's like, you need Fastos. And that scene was pivotal. So I have no problems with it whatsoever. I thought it was well done. But uh, what do you think of that scene? Yeah, I thought, you know, it, it made perfect sense. Like, I hate sometimes where, and I could see people being upset imagine if it was just a hug because obviously well we didn't say what they did but they kissed in the in the scene it was you know him and i his said that ki- did you say kiss yeah okay well they kissed anyway i'm saying again but uh, <laughs> so, um you know they could have just been real artificial with it and just showed them hugging because like come on now you've you got a family are you just hugging your you just gonna give them a hug like your partner just a hug and not a kiss like I would have felt that would have just disrespected the inclusivity of that, of that aspect. And then, so I think that it, it made perfect sense to just so them have that, you know, um, emotional connection through a kiss and not just have it be something vague or, or you can't really see that they're kissing or anything like that. It, it, it's nice to see that actually on screen and then it actually make sense and it creates the humanity of these characters. And I think um, with, with, you said Cersei. Cersei doesn't really get, you know, to have that much humanity to her. And I kind of making like a slight pivot to like her her relationship with Icarus. I felt like even though the the relationship was kind of the focal point, I don't think it can it, it resonated that well with me as much as other people's relationships. I don't know if you felt that that way too. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I felt like what's her name? Uh, Mac- I felt Macari and and Druig, I think those their dynamic and their relationship was it, it felt more authentic and genuine. And I and I really wanted to see more of of them just because of their chemistry. And I didn't get I didn't feel the same type of chemistry between Icarus and uh, Cersei. But I think that that could also just be because of their their huge split and her being and Cersei being in a relationship. But that's right. just my take on it. Yeah. Um... I just so like Drug and Macari, like you know, their relationship is kind of cool, and obviously they haven't seen each other for a while. Um, one of the common just to address it right now while it's on my mind, like one of the common uh you know questions I'm seeing is like, why is Macari deaf? Why is Sprite, you know, a child and why is Thena mm-hmm. having to go through like all these, you know, um I call it mental health problems or whatever, like yeah. um that's well, at least the first two are just so they can fit in. That's why they're all of different um, diversity and, and, you know, uh, accents and whatnot. Just so, you, again, divide and conquer and, you know, fit in, blend in like, um, you know, a white person in, you know, <laughs> Africa in you know <laughs> yeah. the year 500 BC might not look all that <laughs> great or whatever. Granted, yeah. back then, everyone regarded them as gods. And that's, uh, in the MCU, right, the Greek gods like Athena was based on Athena, and uh, the Icarus story of him flying too close to the sun was made by Sprite. So it's like, in in reality, in our world, right, the Eternals were based on some of them at least were based on the Greek gods, but yeah. it's reverse in the MCU, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but you know, getting into the actual uh, the meat of it, like. You know, I, I thought the deviants they looked good. I didn't the 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 actual like storyline of the deviants I didn't really care for. Like yeah. I, I thought it could have been done better. And there's the villain problem you're getting into, like Crow, who's that uh, the lead deviant, right? Uh, mm-hmm. His motivation was actually pretty good. Like he, he's saying, "Oh, you're killing my, you know, my, uh, not family, but." my species or whatever yeah. because you think we're the problem 
but we see you guys as the problem. We see the celestials as the problem and we're going to make you pay for it. Like that, that could have been a very, uh, you know, enticing storyline, but you don't really get to see enough of that. Like he doesn't get, uh, you know, speaking powers until later on in the film or whatever. Yeah. But I thought it looked good. Um, and you know, it, yeah, I did, it, I did wish we could have saw, I've uh, seen, uh, more given him more screen time and see what really could have become because we didn't talk about how they were he would uh, they were absorbing the powers mm-hmm. and i thought it could have been really cool to see if him absorb <laughs> more people's powers or at least see the the potential max potential of his his, his fighting ability against all the eternals granted i did like how angelina jolie handled that moment where she kills him but i wish we could have seen them uh the eternals battle and uh, with the villain problem, I kind of thought there was a villain problem, but considering like this was a different route they were taking with uh, with Icarus kind of being a villain, too. I thought that was an interesting route. It didn't make me care too. It didn't it didn't bother me too much that we didn't see too much of the deviants or that there wasn't more to the story with the deviant just because we got to see Icarus be the antagonist, too, because sometimes a good a good villain is one you already connected with and you already got used to. So and I think that makes a more interesting uh, sort of direction to go in. Yeah, I, I agree. So I don't know. I thought the action was good, like any fight scenes between the Eternals and, and Deviants look good. Even the, the flashbacks, yeah. like, you know, when they're uh, in Mesopotamia, like the first scene and, and fighting and then, you know, in the jungle. I thought all those fights were really good, especially the back and forth, like Icarus versus the pterodactyl thing. And yeah. Gilgamesh just fucking falcon punching uh, shit all over the forest. That shit was funny. Even <laughs> even Thena's like... um you know uh episodes or whatever i thought that that was pretty well done too yeah and you you don't know where it's going and even towards the end you don't i think they mention it but they kind of like gloss over it so mm-hmm. what's wrong with the they they call it um bad weary weird mind or weird is a weird mind or yeah something bad no dude what'd you say bad weary yeah bad weary okay so like that's what they call it but what the what it actually ends up being is um and you find out later but you do have to piece it together is uh whenever uh a mission is successful in that a celestial is born the uh Arishim takes the eternals to the world forge which we see uh is where he created all the eternals and he kind of like reboots them takes their memories and stores them for data or whatever and, and reboots them and sends them off to their next mission, which is why no one but Ajax remembered the previous missions. The, uh, the problem yeah. with the, with Thena, though, is that she's remembering the previous missions. So it's not just like she's crumbling, like Ajax says, she's crumbling under the weight of her own memories, which is true, but it's not just the memories from Earth. It's the memories of previous worlds. So she doesn't have just 7,000 years of memory. She's remembering everything. So she is going crazy. But, uh, you know, the question is, like, why is she the only one going crazy? And why did she go crazy before everyone else? And even, like, thousands of years later, no one else has gone crazy. That's because, she like, there was just a problem in her reboot. So she's just remembering everything, which is why you see the drawings and stuff of, like, other celestials. Because she's drawing the celestials that were born from those other missions and other planets. 
So oh, it's, it's mad weary. Sorry. Mad weary. Yes. I was like, yeah, something like that. Um, so that's what's going on with Athena. And once you kind of piece that together, I thought, you know, everything was great. I thought Angelina Jolie was great. I can admit, I was like, I don't know how this is going to fit, but yeah. she was awesome. Also fucking hot, but yeah. she was awesome. Um, I'm, I've been pretty horny this episode. I might have to yeah. come down a little yeah, bit. Someone's <laughs> pretty ass. <laughs> um, but uh, this yeah. movie does it to you. Like, I don't think you can feel yeah. this. This reflects the maturity level of this. Right. <laughs> yeah. You said it's a, mat- it's a mature level. We can be a classy horny on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but I, I thought her uh, portrayal of, you know, the dealing with those internal struggles and, and you know, her relationship with Gilgamesh was just really, really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Richard Madden had, you know, those, uh, you know, now that I say it, like I, I heard someone say Richard Madden was directly uh, um, inspired by Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Yeah. So like in, in that, I, I get why people might compare it to a, a Zack Snyder movie. Um, I thought he, he was fine. Like people might not like his performance, but, but he was he was a little bit more stoic because he was just always set on the mission. And you yeah, see that, true. I mean, he kills Ajax and really, you know, wants Ayrshim's plan to, to come to fruition and whatnot. So I think that was intentional. Um, I loved Makari. I, I didn't think I, I would be able to, to relate to her, but like, I, I thought she was incredibly charming. She was a badass. Her relationship with Druig was awesome. I thought Druig was really good too. Like him, kind of just being pissed off with everything and you know being able to do so much but kind of yeah. uh being on training wheels or whatever like yeah it, it i this movie just worked and i didn't even talk about kumail like kumail did you know kumail was kind of like a, a weird fit with this too but at least at first like once yeah. we got the casting but he fit right in uh, i mean a lot a lot worked like i truly mean nine out of ten worked for for yeah. this movie um i forgot where, where i was going with this but uh you know did you oh and and fastest too of course like i think i, I mentioned that like yeah, he, he was great but I, I know you said you had a problem with uh richard madden like was that just oh, his no, performance? I had the pro- I, no it was a problem with the the dynamic i didn't i didn't oh 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 i, I didn't think her yeah no her I, I didn't think the connection between cersei and icarus was as strong as it could have been and I, like I said, I credit Agreed. that to them. I credit that to maybe because in this in the movie that they've been separated for so long, it, it comes off like that. But yeah, that was just my main my my main issue with that with that relationship, not with Richard Madden. I will say that the way he was flying and shit, and the way he looked was great. fighting, it, it looked um, yeah, it looked fucking amazing. I said, okay, this is it. It did give off that Man of Steel vibe without the sonic boom when you know when he takes off and shit. But the, yeah, they did a really good job with making him like levitate and fly and he was looking strong and shit like that i thought that was really impressive yeah yeah, yeah not richard richard madden was good just the dynamic the relationship yeah, yeah I, I thought he played it very well i'm trying to plug in my laptop right now but <laughs> I, I i thought he played it very well i thought everyone played it really well again even including salma hayek i just for some reason there was a little bit missing for me with yeah. her character but i don't again i don't think it was performance related um yeah, and we talked about Kumail. We got to talk about his valet. <laughs> oh, okay. what, what a like unexpected, but like yes. perfect 
inclusion. That was really that was funny. So good. Yeah. If there's a character that you're going to fall in love with, is it has to be, he has to be on your list for sure. Because <laughs> it was, it, Macari was also my favorite though, too. Yeah. I, I loved, like, I think it was the, uh, not the dinner scene, but when they go to Athena and Gilgamesh, it's like he goes, Well, I think you should save humanity, but I'm biased. Like, like, yeah, (laughs) that that part killed me. That was really, really funny. Yeah. Whoever that guy is, he's he he played that role really well. Yeah. (laughs) And I would love to see more of him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But as as you guys know, at the end of it, they they stop. The Tiamut is the celestial that was in Earth. Um, It looks like the uh, where you see like the head pop up. Right, because the head is semi out of uh, water, out of the ocean uh, by the end of it. Once they turn him to stone, oh yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like it was somewhere in South America, um, because she goes through. Um, it, it's like a blink and you miss it, but like when she's running, when I think Fastos tells her to go find the origin point or whatever, yeah, she's running through, and you see her go through uh, some point in, in South America. So I think that's where the ocean is. And that's just to say, I think it's going to connect to Namor, who we know is going to be in Black Panther 2, uh, because obviously that's Atlantis and whatnot. Uh, so I think that might be part of it. Um, but anyways, end of the movie, you know, they they stopped Tiamut. Uh, Icarus just can't really, he, he's kind of like succumbing to his human side, right? So mm-hmm. he, he can't kill Cersei. He can't, but he also can't live with himself for like, you know, killing Ajax and all the shit he's done. So mm-hmm. yeah, he flies into the sun, which is just, you know, it was a little meta, but like on the nose, very on the nose. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I, I was fine with it. Yeah. Sprite, you know, betrays Cersei, but you know, Cersei's again, she's very empathetic and she can understand where Sprite was coming from. So at the end she makes Sprite a, I, I'm joking and say real girl, but she, she's mortal now. She still has her yeah. powers. She's just mortal. Like, so she's like Dr. Strange or whatever. She she can die, but she still has her powers. Um, and she's going to live with Kingo. Uh, oh, to speak about uh, Kumail and Kingo, like, or same person, but his character, I really liked when they're debating on whether to stop the emergence or not. Mm-hmm. Kingo says like, he's like, I agree with him, but. but i'm not gonna fight you guys just because i believe that way like it it, Mm -hmm. that was a a little meta too just you know with politics in in the real world and whatnot but like it 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 worked and so that's why i didn't mind i I thought it it was really well where he's just like yeah i agree with it girls i think the emergence had happened but i'm not i'm not gonna kill you guys over it yeah like that i I thought that was cool um real dysfunctional family yeah (laughs) And that's how they're supposed to be. And it yeah. plays off that way. Uh, Athena gets her badass moment, which deservedly so. I also thought where uh, Icarus is like, you've never fought me before. And she's like, oh, I always wanted to, though. Like, yeah, that that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. Like, because uh, Fastos does it has that moment, too. with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I've been waiting to clip your wings for a while. Um, yeah. But yeah, like with Athena, like so much in the movie, she's obviously dealing with the the mad weary stuff or whatever. So we don't get to see her fully in action until the end of the movie where she's kind of just like figuring it out and for herself. And, and it, it, I guess it's like a little bit more easy for her to understand now that she knows what's going on with her. It's kind of how I interpreted it. Um, mm-hmm. Like once she heard um, like crow try to use Gilgamesh's like uh, 
calm down speech like remember yeah and, and all that stuff she 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 does remember because she knows what's going on and that's how she's able to to defeat crow um and all stuff i i liked it i thought it was really good but man at the end when you see erishim pop up over the sky yeah holy fucking shit i literally sat up on my seat i was like oh my god like it was awesome yeah the the yeah the scale of that like when you see how big that motherfucker is yeah <laughs> that's like the biggest thing i think we've seen across the whole universe it has to be right but across so the whole far, mcu yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it's insane like holy shit like you you because you see them you know when uh ajax talking to airshem or when cersei talks to airshem like yeah you can see like they're just a tiny tiny speck compared to airshem but for some reason it doesn't resonate until he's standing over earth and looking at earth like it's this fucking snow yeah, globe that's really creepy no, 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 yeah that's really creepy it, it was really fucking creepy and it, <laughs> like uh and especially like it wasn't just Oh, the Avengers saw it. The Eternal saw it. No, like it was in front of everyone. Like they, he did not care. Like yeah. and, and whatnot. And granted, at this point, everyone knows about the Avengers and the, you know, Thanos and, and the mission to save the world and all that stuff. So everyone knows, but like you don't appreciate it until you see a fucking god or a yeah. celestial <laughs> standing over Earth, just looking at you like you're nothing. It just like standing at a uh like a human at an ant uh ant hill right right <laughs> ant boot like it just, yeah, yeah it, it was insane that was a phenomenal way to end it where you're just like holy fuck this is serious yeah um one other thing they didn't do a great job of of, of explaining and that was uh in part due to the the kind of turbulent start so Ersham was the first celestial but his full name is called Ersham the judge and and okay. Like he, you know, he again, they don't do a great job of explaining it, but he's supposed to be kind of like fair, right? Which is why at the mm-hmm. end he says, I will, uh, you know, use your memories to evaluate Earth and determine whether or not it should proceed or survive or whatever, yeah. because he's he's a judge. He's he's supposed to be fair. There's some celestials that are rogue and like evil, like Galactus is evil. Um Ego, who we saw in Guardians 2, he's a rogue celestial. He's kind of just doing his own thing. But if you think about it, he's doing the same thing that Ersham did. He's planting seeds in other planets to grow and, and create more celestials. Um, so if you think about it, there is a connection there. Uh, Ego just kind of went rogue, whereas Ersham wants more celestials to work with. So there is a connection there. But again, they don't do a great job of linking it, but it, it is there. So that's why, you know, I, I'm okay with a lot that went on. Um, but any final thoughts of, about the movie before we get to the post-credit scenes? Yeah, I think the movie, if I had one thing to like really critique it, about, uh, cr- give a critique about is probably, I think if this wasn't uh, an MCU movie, I think it could have been even greater. I just think sometimes some of the MCU elements hold it back a little bit, but I do think at the same time it was well-balanced it had it, it it was refreshing enough while still going the typical mcu route but but like i said i think if this wasn't if it didn't have the mcu elements i think this movie could have been even greater and i think uh, i mean i don't really care but i think more people or at least the reviews might have gone up but like but like we've talked about it they're just review bombing it mm-hmm. yeah for sure um 
Oh, my, since I was just talking Celestials, my one last note. So we know we're going to get Galactus at some point. We know we're getting Fantastic Four. Uh, I talked about Silver Surfer earlier. So like all the, the you know, pieces are being put together. Mm-hmm. The 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 storyline for Galactus, right? You, you know, you're introducing Celestial. So again, we're, we know we're going to get Galactus at some point. And that's the obviously big boss for the Fantastic Four. It, it the you know kind of pathway forward to introduce galactus is a celestial who's specifically feeding on planets with celest other celestial power right so the you know the planets that erishim lay or has seeds on right for other celestials galactus who eats worlds if you didn't know that galactus his whole thing is he just yeah. eats worlds so in Silver Surfer is Galactus's kind of like minion, and he scouts out these worlds. Um, so Silver Surfer identifies worlds that there's a celestial seed within, and Galactus goes and devours them. So that that's kind of the the pathway forward. We know Erisham has seeds all over the universe so galactus or silver surfer identifies them galactus goes and eats them so that's like a very they're they're laying down the foundation to introduce galactus and you know that that's very exciting because we knew it was coming but to see it kind of the wheels start to turn very awesome and we know galactus is obviously a huge deal uh bigger than thanos so like yeah both literally and figuratively like bigger than thanos um so so that was really cool but post credit scenes, because obviously those are kind of a big fucking deal, too. So first one, it did get leaked on Twitter because fucking writers from Variety apparently have no fucking common sense. <laughs> yeah. So Harry Styles is introduced to the MCU uh, as Eros or Star Fox, similar to like how Peter Quill is Peter Quill, but also Star Lord. So his real name is Eros, but he is commonly called Star Fox. Um, and he's Thanos's brother. Um, and for those that don't know, th- this much I do know because I am I got familiar with kind of Thanos's backstory with the the Infinity Saga. So Thanos was born with the deviant gene. He is technically an eternal, though. Similar how like when there's real life, um, you know, births, there can be mutations and quote unquote defects. Well, Thanos is an eternal with a deviant defect which is why he looks very different the eternals like the ones we see in this movie are all human-like and that's why harry styles is human-like but again you introduce the deviant gene and thanos looks more like sort of like crow as opposed to uh, any of the eternals so that's why they look different but he is thanos's brother and thanos's parents eris's parents their parents are eternals they were eternals um and you know, the next question is like, well, how the fuck could they have kids? The running theory is, and I assume they're going to use Harry Styles as Eros character to, you know, do flashbacks and maybe a young Thanos storyline is that um, similar to how uh, Cersei made Sprite a quote unquote real girl at the end. Uh, Thanos's parents use celestial power to make themselves sort of mortal in the same way so that they could have a family. So, you know, they had Thanos, there's the defects. So then they had Eros, who is Harry Styles. Eros, uh, he's introduced as the Prince of Titan. And, and you can kind of see that because if Thanos looks different from anyone else, well, he's going to be ostracized, right? And that's going to set him on this mission. 
and, and, and whatnot. And with Titan, we know Titan was destroyed. And you talk about Thanos' mission to destroy half the life. Well, if you think about it, just, you know, a little bit deeper. If Thanos' parents', parents if Thanos's parents were Eternals, right? They were sent mm-hmm. to Titan for a reason. If they were sent to a planet, chances are there was a celestial seed in Titan, in the planet Titan. And when Thanos found out about that, right, maybe his parents told him when Thanos found out about that, his solution was to kill half the life on Titan, which would delay or prevent the celestial from hatching and thus destroying Titan. Right. And when that didn't work, because we see Titans destroyed. When that didn't work, he his mission is to stop all celestials. So that's why he wants to, quote unquote, balance the universe and mm-hmm. kill half of all life to stop all celestials from hatching because he views celestials as the reason he is the way he is. Right. He, he was ostracized and, you know, maybe bullied and, and whatever, cyber bullied. Who the fuck knows? Like all, all this stuff. And he blames the Celestials. So his mission wasn't ever against you know, the Avengers or Earth. His mission was against the Celestials. So like all of this is just to say Harry Styles' character w- is super important going forward. And he is an Eternal as well. And he hints that the other Eternals are out there. Mm-hmm. So th- this is just, you know, this is why I view it as a spinoff. Like this is going to be a completely separate mission from, you know, whoever the next big bad is for you know thor or uh anyone on earth or anything like that so there's just so much they could do with you know eris's character that i'm really excited for and and, you know it's funny because like his powers we talk about how (laughs) how i've been uh extra horny on the show uh (laughs) eros's powers in the comics are literally to make people horny and I'm not joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> like, like his power, his, it's basically like the power of seduction, but the, oh, the running joke yeah, is like, right. The, you know, he's a charmer and all that stuff. Oh, like okay. he has mind control, that kind of thing. But the, the running joke is he, he's just the most horny superhero we've seen. Which now it makes sense why which Harry Styles. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't entirely false because he's literally going after Athena as soon as he arrives on the ship, which who can blame him? But yeah. it, it's also fitting that it's Harry Styles because he, he's just kind of this like, uh, I don't want, I feel, it feels weird calling him a sex icon, but like, I was thinking that, yeah, like <laughs> he, he, he is this like sex icon in like the real world. So him portraying Eros, even though Harry Styles is not an established actor, like he was in Dunkirk. I thought he was okay, but like, he's not an established actor. So to give him such a big role, like, you know, I, I do think it fits. So yeah. that that's a massively important post-credit scene, arguably the most important we've seen. And maybe outside of like Thanos appearing in, in a couple, uh, but like yeah. it's massively important. And uh, I, again, that you, you don't appreciate just how important it is while watching it. You kind of just like, why the fuck is Harry yeah. Styles there? And who, who, why does Thanos have a brother? Yeah. So it's just like, you're like right. who's this garden gnome too? You're like who the fuck is that? Yeah, that that was a little weird because I I knew it was Patton Oswalt right away. I was like, why the fuck is Patton Oswalt like a, a fucking troll? And apparently he's from the comics too, and like he, yeah. he he has a big part. His name's Pip the Troll. Um, he, he's a big part in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline and whatnot. So they're just being like comic 
accurate and whatnot. And the, uh, again, running theory, this is I, everything I kind of just said was conjecture, but it is like something I could see happening. Um, the running theory is like, so he's the prince, he, he's the prince of Titan, right? And Pip introduces him uh, as such. So you can tell he's, he's a little smug and whatnot and, and you know it was probably an asshole to thanos like while they were growing up probably. especially because he his parents probably preferred him to thanos right so thanos probably hates him so he's probably just been avoiding thanos all these years and now that Fan- thanos is finally dead he's kind of popping back up and, and whatnot so that's kind of like a cheap way to to explain where he's been all these years but this is just a massive storyline or uh possibility with this post-credit scene and that's you know one reason i i, I love this movie because you know part, a huge part of the marvel movies are the post-credit scenes yeah pretty much but i know i did a, a lot of talking on it did you have any thoughts on the post-credit scene no first of all i didn't know what the fuck was going on in that in that credit scene so i was just like oh harry styles and, and he is right. so a very handsome handsome individual but yeah i didn't know who the, what the fuck was going on <laughs> but i'm glad you laid it out and i'm kind of know with the basic gist of what could potentially happen. And now I know he just makes his, uh, his adversaries horny. <laughs> That's yeah. good. To know. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, so he, he has one of those orbs just like Cersei has just like Ajax had. And that, that says he's a prime eternal and the, the uh, importance of that like surface level is that one, he has one so they can track other eternals, uh, which is what they talked about earlier. And two, he has one, right? So he was a prime eternal who defected just like these eternals are, are defecting as well. So it's like, if he's defecting, well, there's probably other eternals out there that, you know, defected from Ersham as well. So they, you know, there's allies out there. It's kind of the surface level gist of, mm-hmm. you know, Eros's character, but it is a big deal. And people see Harry Styles and kind of just take that for what it is and understandably so, but it is a big deal. But there was a second post-credit scene, and this one much more like straightforward. You understand what's going on. Uh, um, Kit Harrington's character is Dane Whitman. He talks about it at the end of the movie, trying to tell Cersei before she gets basically kidnapped by Erishim. His family history is complicated, and that's because in the comics he's the Black Knight, and no, not not that, not Martin oh, Lawrence, not Martin Lawrence, not Martin uh, Lawrence. God no. damn it! <laughs> so he's the Black Knight. And his, they actually mentioned, allude to it a couple times. Like Makari is uh, known for kind of like her sticky fingers and stealing like important relics. Like they talk about Excalibur, like King Arthur. And I believe the Eternals lived in, uh, what's that, the, the King Arthur congregation called? Um, the King Arthur congregation. Uh, and, oh, shit. Oh, boy. Um, where was King Arthur from? I think it starts with a C. Um, bad radio. Camelot. Camelot. <laughs> Camelot. Oh, that's right. So they lived in Camelot and whatnot. But the legend is MCU legend. And the legend is that Merlin. Who, who's like you know a famous wizard in several like stories like merlin was the sorcerer supreme so similar to how dr strange is now the ancient one was before him and merlin was maybe the first sorcerer supreme or one of the first sorcerer supremes he created the ebony blade 
which is the the sword you see Dane Whitman have at the end. Um, but so you see him, you know, open it. It's kind of calling to him now that you know Cersei just uh, got kidnapped, and he's he's uh, aware of all the you know celestial work going on. He feels like he's being called to take up the mantle. His uncle, they talk about the strained relationship before. His uncle was the Black Knight before him. And the uh, the curse of the ebony blade is that, you know, using it, wielding it gives you extreme powers, but it comes at a cost. The more you kill, the more you develop a bloodlust. And the way Kit Harrington explained it was it's an addiction. So you, you do it a couple of times and you get addicted and you can't stop and it drives you crazy and you start turning on everyone, which is apparently what happened to his uncle. He was close to his uncle um, so much so that his uncle left Dane Whitman everything. But because his uncle developed that bloodlust that he turned on Dane and, and kind of just went crazy and whatnot. So that that's kind of the uh, catch 22 with the Black Knight storyline. So th- that's a big deal in itself. And you see him reaching for the blade. Right. And it has kind of that liquid property where it's also like kind of reaching back out towards him. Yeah. But then you hear a voice and the voice Martin says, Lawrence. you hear a voice uh saying are you sure you're ready for that dane whitman you did you know who that was oh yeah instantly when i was in the theater with uh so i would uh joel and and ryan i was like mahershala ali and Mm -hmm. then somebody and and then somebody said uh somebody thought it was samuel jackson so yeah so i I was sitting in front of of a group of guys and, and they were highly entertaining (laughs) Um, but like they they were the group that you know they react aloud throughout the movie and which sometimes bothers me but this time it was was entertaining so at the end they hear the voice and and one guy goes that's my no he well he didn't say friend but he goes that's my friend nick fury and i was just like (laughs) so him saying that right away i was like was that nick fury but i was like wait yeah no yeah no, that's not Nick Fury. It's and then not, yeah. It, I, it took me a second to realize because I was looking for like existing people, like someone we we have met before. But I was like, yeah. no, that. But I I recognize that voice, and then it finally clicked. I was like, oh no, fucking shit! Mahershala Ali is gonna be Blade. Yeah. So that makes sense. Like you know, Mahershala Ali is gonna be fighting you know vampires and, and you know kind of the demonic creatures like that. So it makes sense that Dane Whitman's kind of uh earthly but yet uh, uh magical or mystical yeah. powers from the ebony blade will be fighting with them and then there there might be a, a time where dane whitman you know, turns on blade and, and whatnot and that would be a cool storyline too so again that's just all to say that's why i view this entire movie as a spin-off where it's just like it's still highly important and will be in, intertwined with the the you know mcu we've seen so far but there's so many other things going on right now that you know we get the eternals mission that doesn't have to do with anything else like i'm sure they'll cross over into other movies and and meet some of the other heroes but the eternals mission is their own um you know dane whitman and blade are going another way that you know the mainline avengers aren't so i view this as a whole spinoff and I am all for it. Like we needed something new. You can't do yeah. the same infinity saga over again. So we're like, Oh, we're getting more magical. I was like, okay, cool. But they didn't just stop there. They're doing a completely like separate saga 
with the Eternals and then kind of giving Blade his own thing without making him like an Avenger or anything because he yeah. is a very different character. I assume Moon Knight's kind of going to be in the same vein. I'm very excited for the future of Marvel as if I wouldn't be, but like, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm very excited. This movie got me really, really pumped. But what do you think of the second uh, post credit? Yeah, scene? that post credit scene was like my favorite part of the whole movie basically because i've been looking i'm a huge blade fan and i've been looking forward to a blade movie forever mm-hmm. at least with wesley snipes but i mean i'll take mahershala because i think he fits the bill uh pretty well uh i don't know how his martial arts skills are but still i think from an acting perspective and look uh aspect he fits it really well but yeah when i heard that voice i was like that can't be him but then i was like nah that was definitely him and i know uh and i know he doesn't have like unless you've seen a lot of his stuff he doesn't really have a distinctive voice like a sam or even like like actors there are actors out there who have a really distinctive voice and you can instantly pick up on who it is Mahershala mm-hmm. doesn't he has a really distinct voice but it's not that distinct to where you're like you can easily pinpoint as quickly because a lot of people were like sam or it was nick fury you know it's or some people thought it was jeffrey wright so there's that too so yeah jeffrey wright it, crossed my mind too because we saw him in the what if series but i was like yeah and that would have him yeah it would have that could have made sense but if you, if you kind of know the voice and once you once everything clicks and you kind of know what's been going on then you're like oh yeah that's that's definitely fucking blade so yeah that was my that the whole second post credit scene was definitely uh my favorite post credit just because it didn't get spoiled so that's the <laughs> that's the what first too, part yeah <laughs> yeah not only did i not know that was happening like i mean not only did i know it was mahershala ali i also didn't know that that post credit was going to happen so that yeah raises it excitement yeah, like I, I, I really do wonder if like what my reaction would have been seeing Harry Styles pop on on screen without any knowledge prior to that. Yeah, like we didn't even know he was going to be in the MCU. Like, no, like exactly. with, uh, like m- the Mahershala Ali uh, part was hype, but we also knew he was going to be in the MCU. So it's like it's still hype. Don't get me wrong. But like, yeah. They're, they're, you know, you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, like, finally. But Harry Styles, we had no prior knowledge. So, like, that being spoiled is such bad spoiler. Like, it, it sucked. That's it the really down. Sucked. That's really, it's an example of, of the downside of being on fucking social media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't even, like, if you, you know, if it came out, right, the movie came out on Thursday and it's Sunday, you know, some idiot's yeah. gonna tweet something and you know that's to be expected but this was after the fucking premiere it was a premiere, premiere exactly like <laughs> before it was even out wide release like how how the fuck do you have no common sense and spoil that shit so stupid um i forgot to mention it during the actual review what did you think of the icarus betrayal did you see it coming or were you i i knew it was coming just because the which part did I see? What which part uh, coming? I- I- Icarus be- being the you know the betraying the eternal. Oh, the betraying the eternal. Yeah. Did you I, see I that didn't... coming? No. For some reason, I don't know. I, I, I must have. I, I was. I slept on the the hints or whatever. And I know, and that that's why. I, I mean, I'm going to see the movie again actually uh, Thursday. But I I don't know why I didn't catch it. So it was like a it was kind of a surprise and a it was a good twist to me since I missed. Obviously, there must have been some hints. And I and somebody mentioned. Uh, some discussion that happened before the twist was revealed that was like that kind of gave it away and I was like oh shit I didn't even pick that up pick up on that so I I don't know what part did you what part did you feel like you knew it was leading on to that uh so like I I in my well it's not really a defense but like I I 
kind of did some research on Icarus's character and I was like, oh, fuck, well, I should have done that. But (laughs) within the movie, like, again, benefit of hindsight, but when they go to Ajax's ranch and Mm. they see her body and he goes, it was a deviant. Like, I was like, okay. Like, I mean, Mm, who else would have killed an eternal like like him trying (laughs) to sell it that's true yeah like that 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 one was just plain and obvious and i i if i hadn't had that prior knowledge maybe i would have missed that but that one was the the big the big one for me i do remember him saying that but see i think i just chalked that up to be like no shit idiot (laughs) right right yeah it's like (laughs) you wonder why he was saying that but that's literally meant for the audience as a you know here's your first hint yeah there you go yeah it makes first clue and because i was just watching and thinking okay all of these guys are good guys you know that's what especially because that's kind of what the trailer leads you to expect so that was it subverted my expectations of what fucking happened but yeah him mentioning i was like no shit sherlock right right um but yeah, that was Eternals. Uh, we both really liked it. Uh, 86 for me, 85 from Fox. Like that's probably as uh, close together of a score as we've had. Um, oh, actually, we, no, uh, no, you copied me one time. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Uh, yeah, I did. I did do that. So, but it is as almost as close of a, a score. See, as, as see with had. this score, with this score, I. I copied you, but I changed some of my answers and reworded them to make it look like it was my own work. <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. But yeah, that was Eternals. Uh, next episode. Did you still want to do uh, Last Night in Soho? Yeah, I got to see that shit tomorrow, though. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, me too. Um, we will do Last Night in Soho this week. We will do it maybe Friday to give ourselves an extra breathing room, but also to give you guys, I, you know, we intended for this to be a shorter episode, which I think in a way we did, but also just because it was a Marvel movie, it, what it did run longer, but it gives you guys uh, a chance to listen to this. So maybe we push it to Friday, but um, regardless, it will be out this week. It's gotten great reviews. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. It, it, lo- it looks really good and if my wife wants to see it then you know like there's some intrigue there because she's not she likes movies but she doesn't like the theater experience she, she would just much rather watch them at home true it's a, another point of contention in our marriage but um <laughs> i mean I, i'm very excited for last night and so so hopefully we can inspire more people to to go see it because i think it isn't uh doing that so hot at the box office and it has nothing to do with the movie itself uh maybe it's just tough competition and whatnot but next episode, last night in Soho, and then next week, Ghostbusters Afterlife. So, you know, you get three episodes within about a week. So we are pumping out content for you. But we're wrapping up this episode the way we always do, sticking the same way. Um, that is our streaming recommendations. Mine isn't exactly you know the same. The only kind of similarity is that uh the main actress in Eternals, or at least one of, and that's Gemma Chan who plays Cersei. She is in this movie as well. And this was my introduction to her. I'm going to recommend Crazy Rich Asians uh, because at this point we do have a, a couple of Marvel uh, you know, connections there. You do have Gemma Chan. You have Michelle Yeoh, who was uh, the mother in, or the aunt, sorry, in Shang-Chi. And you also have Aquafina, who was Katie, uh, Shang-Chi's friend in uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, so you have all three of them in this movie. It stars Constance Wu and Henry Golding. Um, it's an American-born Chinese economics professor accompanies her boyfriend to Singapore for his best friend's wedding, only to get thrust into the lives of Asia's 
rich and famous. Um, it, it is a rom-com. It, it, it was very good. It's very bright and colorful yes. and it, it, it's a really, really well done movie. I, I like it. It's a very easy watch. I pretty much, I don't have cable, but like anytime I see it somewhere, it's, it's always in consideration. Like if I'm just scrolling for something to watch. Right. Yeah. And I see this, I'm like, Oh fuck. Like I, I could watch crazy rich Asians right now. Like it's one of those yeah. movies. Um, it, it, It's really, really good. It's again, it has those marble connections and that's really the thing that, you know, uh, made me think of it was that, you know, I saw Gemma Chan. I was like, Oh, I really only know her in crazy rich Asians. And then thinking of that, I was like, fuck crazy rich Asians is a pretty good movie. So that's my streaming recommendation. It is on HBO max. Very easy watch. Highly recommend if you're looking for a rom-com. Um, I mean, and maybe you haven't given this one a watch. Highly recommend it. So that's my uh, recommendation. Uh, I give it a 91 out of 100. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a I forgot that Gemma Chan was even in that movie. I was like, yeah, smaller role. But yeah, that's oh, okay. where I first saw her. That's right. And I, I, has she been in something else? Because I feel like. I've seen her before. I just I, don't I'm know sure what. she has. I, I just <laughs> okay. Uh, here, let me. That was look probably the, that was probably the first movie I saw her in too, or first thing I've seen her in. Yeah, so she obviously Eternal. She was uh, the voice. She was a voice in Rye and the Last Dragon. Um, apparently she was in Captain Marvel. Huh. Oh yeah, that's right. She was the. Uh, she was in the. I think it was the beginning where she was like that green person fighting with uh, Juman, uh Juman Hansu in the oh. on, on the planet or whatever it was i'll be honest i've seen captain marvel twice in my life once well, in I mean, theaters and but you, re, you remember that scene? <laughs> yeah i, I remember Vaguely. the scene yeah uh, i just i haven't seen it recently um okay huh yeah i didn't i'm surprised they even i'm sure they, i'm sure they brought that up before where it's like uh you know oh she was in marvel movies a couple times she was also yeah, I think we brought this up. Trans, she was in Transformers last night, and she actually played a big, like a big role in that. But she, oh, it was it's more of like a voice role. Uh, it was like okay, like how okay. Josh Brolin is Thanos, but it's not really Josh Brolin. Like right. it, it, it's it was the same thing with her. She plays Quintessa, which is like the creator of the Transformers or whatever. Okay, yeah, I got, didn't I totally forgot about that one. So uh, she, but, she, she's been in more than we realized. It's basically yeah, the I didn't, point yeah, of all this. Right, right, right. A bunch of t- t- different TV series, too. Oh, okay. Shit. I, I'm trying to think of her voice in the last night. But anyway, my uh, my recommendation is not similar, but definitely has a connection. <laughs> <laughs> not similar to Eternals, I should say. But I think it is closer to Crazy Rich Asians. But uh, it's The Big Sick with uh, Kumail ah. Nanashani. Yeah. So that's... it's. It's kind of a rom-com, but it's really depressing at the same time uh, yeah. because he plays like a comic. He's a stand-up comedian. And then, you know, as he gets in a relationship, uh, he, you know, it's that conflict with the traditional Muslim parents. We'll, we'll think of uh, his, his, uh, his girlfriend because she's a, a white American. So it's that issue. And but then she all, uh, all of a sudden comes down with this mysterious illness and she's in a coma. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but I'm saying she, she's in a, I think she's in a coma for a while. And then she has to deal with that. And, I mean, Kamal has to deal with that and the, uh, go through that um, that father, the bond with his family and his with his mom and his dad. And it's all these types of issues. But, yeah, it, it Isn't seems Ray like Romano in that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he plays it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he plays a dad. Yeah, it was so weird to me, but not not in a bad way. It's just like, oh, shit, that's Ray Romano. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie, it's but Jason it is Bourne. It's Jason Bourne. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's Ray Romano. It, but it is a it is a it is a rom-com, but just know that it does get a little a little depressing, but it's a really it good is. story, a beautiful story. And I give that movie an 82 out of 100. I think I've rated that, but I can't remember. Yeah, I was somewhere in the 80s range. It is a good movie. Like it's a good movie. But I think if you go into it uh only expecting funny funny feel good stuff you will be kind of caught off guard because it does get deep and serious too it does but uh also it was directed by michael showalter who i'm trying to look this up before i say i'm pretty sure he was involved in the loki series i could be wrong on that but like he i think he wrote i don't know the name doesn't even i I was trying to come up with with another uh marvel connection but there's several. Yeah, but. you could probably six degrees of uh, Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> there, you, there you go. Um, Big Sick is on Prime Video, by the way. Yes, so yes. You, you can uh, go watch it there. But that does it for this episode. Fox, you got anything else before we head out? Yeah, I want everybody to book their tickets to go see the Avengers Campus as soon as possible. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> Check out that Schwarmer cart. Yeah. Uh, my uh, last thing to wrap is... Uh, oh, God. Vin Diesel is wrong. <laughs> oh, I love the that rock post. is absolutely already fulfilling his destiny. He doesn't need, <laughs> he needs, he needs Vin family. Diesel's trash acting and trash franchise. The rock is now bigger than that. That the being said, <laughs> that, that being said, the only thing that could save uh, that franchise is Luke Hobbs coming back. That being one Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Uh, Cause as we know, if you have an existing uh, you know, series or franchise that is on the decline, the only thing that can make it better is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's done it time and time has again. Done, he has done he, it. He, <laughs> he, he only improves what he touches. Everything, fucking call him Dwayne The Rock Midas Johnson because everything he touches turns to gold. That's Dwayne right. The Flop Johnson. <laughs> you would you want him back in the fast and furious franchise i really do i I really do though i really do (laughs) just because he is actually good and it's it's fun when that when those when those guys team up oh it it is fun it absolutely like the fast five is such a fucking good movie like it 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 really is but i i do want to see him back and i i I, I I am happy yeah i'm happy that they're trying to bury the hatchet for the betterment of the franchise which you could kind of see coming anyways but i'm happy they're trying we'll see if tyrese's big ass forehead gets you know (laughs) uh on board but i i I do think they will at some point because let's be honest uh that's universal right yeah yeah universal gonna pay the rock what the rock wants so pretty much pretty money much. talks will be just fine, but I, I, I couldn't not talk about it because normally to. I have to find ways to talk about the rock. But <laughs> this time uh, we got a little bit of a storyline in there, but that does it for this episode. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at major motion cast. We now all the latest trailers, news, obviously the episodes interacting with uh, you guys on Twitter. Um, so love to hear your feedback and, you know, talk movies with you. Even some of the stuff we haven't reviewed 
just because we don't review it uh, doesn't necessarily mean we haven't seen it or don't want to talk about it. So be sure to, uh, you know, tweet with anything you got going on. But you can also follow Fox at Fox Film Fanatic. Follow myself at Nationals Ace. Appreciate you listening. We will be back on Thursday or Friday. So second episode this week. Uh, this week, we'll talk to you in a couple days. This has been a major motion podcast. See ya.